What's happening, everybody? This is the hilarious J.F. Harris, whose new special, People Make Mistakes, is available on YouTube now. That's right. You can watch it for free, just like I did. It's great. He's great. In fact, uh, before we get to our conversation, let's listen to a little bit of uh, J.F. here from his special, People Make Mistakes, right up top. Hit it, Katie. Like right now, they're trying to ban abortion again. That shit's crazy to me. Mostly because of the fact that no millennials can afford to have kids. None of us. <laughs> yeah, you want to know I know that? Every millennial I know is still in their parents' phone family plan. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you can't afford T-Mobile, you can't afford a baby. <laughs> like, the only way millennials could afford to have kids is if seven of us shared one, like an HBO Max password. <laughs> All right, that's who we're talking to. It's going to be great. And if you like stand-up comedy like that, if you enjoyed that, come and see me uh, live. We have a live podcast on May 8th, which is going to be incredible. It's part of the Netflix is a Joke uh, Festival. May 8th at the Avalon in Hollywood at 7 p.m., I'm really excited about the guests, and Val and I will both be there. Really, really hope Weirdos can be there. It's going to be so fun uh, to be able to hang out in person. And my next Largo show is May 20th. So that is my only tour date right now, May 20. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets to that. Hope to see you there. It's always the highlight of my month. Uh, we've had Amy Schumer, Judd Apatow, John, John Mulaney, Nick Kroll, so many incredible people have been by. Uh, hope you can be there as well. It's always fun, largo-la.com. And if you like the show, as you know by now, we don't do ads in the traditional way. We only accept sponsorships from things that I really use and really love. Usually it goes like this, I love a product, and then I reach out to them, as opposed to you know the normal model, which would be a sponsorship reaches out to the show. I love something so much, I reach out, can we get a promo code? For example, Living Libations, which has completely revitalized and revolutionized and redefined what skin care, eye care, tooth care, baby care, everything that we use in our house that goes on or in our bodies uh, for health reasons, for beauty reasons, Living Libations has made a high-end natural, that's right, natural alternative to the chemical-filled nightmares that you normally find on the shelf at CVS. So whatever you're looking for, this is a great way to support the show because I promise you if you're looking for something for your teeth, whether it be uh, toothpaste or if you want uh, deodorant or you want uh, skin care, like for example, I use their ginger exfoliating scrub, which is not only natural and made with oils and ingredients that are, are real and that I recognize, it is also the most badass exfoliant I've ever used in my life. It will really, really, really do the job. Same with their Zen Shave. It's a, a shaving balm that is so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as your aftershave. You can just rub it into your skin and your skin drinks it completely up. Try doing that with some anonymous neon blue goo shot from a pressurized can. In fact, actually don't, don't try that. It's horrible. And at night, both Val and I use their best skin ever moisturizer, which not only smells great and feels great, but it gets your skin glowing in the way that only natural ingredients can. This, these products are wonderful and you'll get that peace of mind knowing you're not putting something filled with chemicals and toxicity levels that were never intended for human consumption, which is so much of the beauty industry. They, they don't care. It's so great to find a company that does have ethics and does care about people 
and, and, and their health as well as how they look. So it's, it's, uh, the best example of that is their Love the Sun sunblock. I wanted to find something that was zinc-based, that was natural, that was safe enough to put on my child every morning. And of course, Living Libations has that product. Their Love the Sun sunblock not only prevents Leela from getting sunburned, but it's not something that we have to feel guilty about putting putting all over her body because you know what you put on your skin gets absorbed, gets into your blood, gets into your body. So we want to be really careful, especially when it comes to to Leela. So whatever you're looking for, I promise you that Living Libations has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace uh, whatever you're used to. And I'm, I'm, these things work, and you can feel great about putting them in and on your body. So go to livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD. For the month of May, we're just back to WEIRD. That's livinglibations.com, promo code WEIRD at checkout for 15% off and show your support of this podcast. Speaking about what we put in our bodies... I'm super excited to talk about this. Uh, Ritual, as you know, I've been uh, plugging Ritual Vitamins, an incredible multivitamin uh, that gives you so much of what your body needs, especially what I miss in my diet as a mostly vegan. I'm missing B12, I'm missing D3. I'm so used to going to the doctor and them telling me that I'm deficient in so many vitamins. And I started taking Ritual. Last time I went to the doctor, they were like, you're 10 out of 10 on everything. And that was the big change that I made. So I'm so grateful to Ritual for their their multivitamin. They're so high quality. They were made and designed because uh, the the founder was frustrated with what was on the market and they've knocked it out of the park. But I'm so excited that Ritual has entered into the probiotic, prebiotic, postbiotic gut health arena. Because as you know, I'm all about that gut health. Your gut is like a second brain. We're figuring out so much more about the the way that our bodies are supported by our guts, and it's so much more important than we ever thought. And the modern diet just isn't getting what it needs to support the microbiome in there. So does your probiotic contain clinically studied strains? Mm, Probably not. I've taken a lot. Finally, we can meet the one that does with rituals, Symbiotic, S-Y-N-B-I-O-T-I-C plus, Ritual's Symbiotic Plus contains two of the world's most studied strains. That's with over 350 publications of human clinical trials. Symbiotic Plus is incredible. Not only does it get me feeling ready to start my day and giving my belly and my body that good feeling, it is wonderful. I don't know how to put it. I've taken a lot of prebiotics, a lot of postbiotics, a lot of uh, uh, probiotics, a lot of them sort of interrupt the flow, if you know what I'm saying. Make it a little uh, tricky to uh, go to the bathroom. <laughs> this is the best one I found. There's no problem there. It makes everything work better, which is what it should do. So it's no surprise that the one with over 350 publications has found the right strains. This is more than a probiotic. It's three in one with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics all in one pill to support a balanced gut microbiome. I've never, before this, I didn't even know what postbiotics were. Ritual has educated me. We're getting all three things that we need, again, in one pill that has the same minty taste that I've come to love from the Ritual multivitamin. One daily capsule for a simple, streamlined gut support. Delayed release capsule is designed to reach the colon, not the stomach. These things aren't broken down in the stomach. It's going way deeper into our bodies, which is the ideal place for prebiotics, probiotics to survive and to grow. 
uh, it's the probiotics. Probiotics feed on the prebiotics. That's what keeps them alive and allows them to thrive in your system. Designed with moisture-controlled bottle technology to protect probiotic strains. These it doesn't need to be refrigerated, which I really, really love. In fact, a lot of the prebiotic or the probiotics that you see that are refrigerated are too fragile for those strains to survive. So this is the best, best, best that I've absolutely found anywhere. And I've been taking it for a couple months now, and I absolutely swear by it. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no shame in your gut game. That's why Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start ritual or add Symbiotic Plus, as I did a few months ago, to your subscription today. Support your body, support your second brain, support your gut health. It really is the key that I found to overall wellness. Get started today. Ritual.com slash weird for 10% off for your first three months and show your support of this podcast. It means so very much to us. All right, everybody. Hope to see you on May 8th for the live podcast. If not, then May 20th at Largo. In the meantime, enjoy my chat with my longtime friend, J.F. Harris. Get into it. Now I don't (laughs) want to start. It was like we were having this nice natural chat. Not that we have to be unnatural now. What were you saying about podcasts that kind of trick you into being on camera? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, I was just saying I I didn't want to show up in sweatpants in case I was on camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. We... Really, probably should. Video? I, I've i just seen that. I think people go on YouTube to... Yeah, watch the people? full... No, they watch the full special. A lot of people who just watch... Well, uh, you're special for sure, but podcasts as Podcasts. Well. But yes, and specials. The whole thing. Everyone watches... Jeff Harris's new special. Oh, there we go. Just right at the top. I really like it. Yeah, thanks, it dude. Way. Yeah, we should play a clip from it up top. Sure, if you want. Yeah. Um, I was just watching more of it. I've seen almost all of it, and I love it. It's really thanks. great. I really like the opening too. Thanks, dude. It sounds like a weird compliment, but like, yeah, sure, great stand-up comedy. Okay. Yeah. But like, how are you gonna make it unique at the beginning? And I really like what you did. I, let's not spoil it, but I like what you did. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I just big shout out to Raleigh Denham because they're the and ones Denham. who. <laughs> they're the ones who made it made me the whole outfit oh i thought maybe that was in florida no 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 that's in raleigh so i did that when i did like good nights the dude mike uh, who, mike who directed my special like flew in and we shot that there and especially that was, you shot in florida yes a hundred percent and that it's all i'm assuming it's all real i'd be really disappointed if you're no, like, no it's not real no uh, no no no, no, no. So tell the tell the people you got stuck in florida during the, the pandemic. Plandemic. Yeah. <laughs> during the plandemic. That's the only way to refer it. I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just kidding. During the pandemic, you got stuck in Florida. With my parents. How did that happen? I went through the breakup, and I was supposed to move back to LA in December, and some a buddy of mine was like, I'm moving into a house. I bought a house. Were you married? No, no, no. Seven years, though. So it was okay, longer yeah, yeah, than yeah, my no. marriage. Forgive, forgive, I've forgive. been married. Tell me, jog my memory, because I know we've talked about that. Being divorced guys. Load me back up with J.F. Harris. Where did we meet? Where did we talk about that? Because so, I need help. Yeah, I know for sure. I know you. Like, I, but I've just filed you in the... I know him. Yeah, we've known each other for like a long di- time. A long time. Yes. But we've never like been hangout friends. No. Well, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in your life, it's just you and the baby and Val? I mean, I, that's the good excuse. We can talk about that. Don't you interview me. I just don't have a lot of... The podcast is really how I hang out with people. Is that a sad question? No, no, no. Okay, I've good. thought about starting one just to see my friends. Scheduled friendship. 
I hear you, and there's a way, like, there's a way that I'm afraid people would hear you and be like, well, oh, that's so LA, that's how you hang out. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like, when I was in New York, I was struggling to find reasons to hang out with my friends. And it wasn't just because they were comedians, it's because it can be hard to schedule. I've said this a million times, but yeah. like, if I was like, you would, I would, we could go get a coffee. It's not as fun. <laughs> it's not as fun recorded. Yeah. Well, it's you, you at 10, it's plus 10. A podcast is you plus 10. You're bringing Val in and extra. I do a, exactly. We're not going to be on our phones. We're not going to be. You would be a dick on your phone. I yeah. would tell you to put it away. Yeah, 100%. Katie would tell you to put it away. Yeah. It's a zero. Like somebody uh, got Coco Maloco and they had to cancel the pod recently. And then I was like, I'm just going to leave my phone off. People don't know I'm not doing the pod. Yeah. You know? And it was such a great little break. Oh, dude. I realized that's part of what I like about podcasts. It's like yeah. sitting by the fire or something. I took m all my social media off my phone and put it on a second phone that I leave in my desk. Oh. And I did it for like a week. And it was the greatest week of my life. social phone. <laughs> I know. Well, you only did it for a week? Then the special came out. So I had to put it all back on my phone to like engage. And my brain, I can feel that I am like getting worse sleep i can feel that i feel like i just feel like crap i val handed me her phone to show me something on in, instant instant pictogram <laughs> <laughs> and like just in the moment like i think it was a video of us and just in the moment where i was like looking at the comments or whatever i, I felt it slinking in like voldemort oh dude and i'm not saying it's all evil there, there's part of me that's like maybe it's not all evil I, i'm just like there's i'm such a black art. and white person I'm yeah like, it's easier to be like no yeah beautiful art yeah absolutely. yeah but i'm an addict so i'm like give it to me a hundred percent yeah and i look for the cuts yeah i want to get cut and i want to get praised i yeah. want both yeah people say it's micro micro dosing approval that's where you're getting there for those hearts i can't stand that no. And I, I mean, we're not breaking any new ground, no. but I can't not, I can't talk about it too much is that like a lot of things like maybe I've said this before, but like food science, right? Food doesn't care about you. It's really easy to understand that. Like the, I, I was going to say Ritz crackers. I actually think Ritz crackers are great, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I can't have Ritz crackers in the house. First of all, they're not vegan, but secondly, I'll just devour them. But let's take Ritz crackers. Cause that's probably a good one. Nabisco. Yeah. yeah. You think Nabisco gives a fuck? <laughs> so we figured that out. I feel like once we started streaming things, YouTube, Netflix and stuff, we figured out that corporations just wanted to make the food addictive. And then we would go like, so don't eat these things. That made more sense. But like social media is that. <laughs> yeah. It's a corporation that doesn't care about you. 100%. That uses flashing lights to hook you. And they use your friends to hook you. Like they make you think. That's the trick. They yes. think you, and in your head, you're like, I'm staying in better connection with my friends, but they're choosing which friends to show you. The algorithm is saying who your close friends are because their content's the most sticky. So it's not like. Oh, gross. Disgusting. Truly disgusting. Sticky. That's like the term they use in yeah, the music no, industry for a good song like a that'll keep people listening. Like, Hey Ya is considered the most sticky song that they make. It's funny because I, I hate that song. Oh, funny. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? It's like sticking your head in a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really does. Ding, 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 ding. Like, it's not for me, but I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like garbage, but it's but You don't strike me as like a big club dancing guy, though. Well, Leela, I just drove her to school, and I will have the song, Sweat That Day. You know that song? Sweat That Day. It's on the Sing 2 soundtrack. Okay, cool. And I'll have that. 
I literally was in the shower before you got here and I was like, what don't I want to think about? Because my brain wouldn't stop playing sweat, sweat that day. And I, and that's a type of OCD I've heard. Like your brain will go, we don't want to think. I, th- I, 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 I took a cold plunge. Okay. The reason I mentioned that was because I was very clear. And I went, okay, I think it's because my dad texted me. And I texted him back a gif of Steve Harvey, and then he didn't text back. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I was kind of being a little bit cheeky when I sent it. I was like, it's funny that I'm just sending you back a gif of Steve Harvey, but then he didn't like say haha or anything. Yeah, like old man dad's going to be like, what do I do with this? Old man, oh, I also thought you were going deep. It's like old man dad's going to come up the stairs and eat me. Like That's oh, always yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. He's, like a mo- he's not a monster, but no, like child Pete is, I know. I got gonna, scary dad. We got scary, okay, you have scary dad. That was in the email of one of the things we will talk about. But on the OCD thing, I was like, I think my brain is playing sweat that day because <laughs> because I don't want to think about that. So I rep- I sent my dad like a, hey, dad, thinking of you this morning, just kind of like fishing for like, tell me we're okay. Tell me we're good. Yeah. Which is so, but I do think it worked a little bit. Like they're the things we don't want to think about. And I think one of the ways to get songs out of our head is to s- just face them. Yeah. And go like. Maybe I, like I wrote a curt email. Sorry to unload it. No, 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 no. I don't give. Um, <laughs> this is a, you're a kind man. This is the pod. This is the pod, baby. Welcome to the pod. Yeah, but I, we're also just hanging. And if yeah. we were hanging, I would tell you about this because I needed to unload it. I I wrote an email and it was just a little too curt. It was a little too curt. Yeah. I it was because I won't get into it. And that person hasn't replied to me. And then sueltate like, like <laughs> because and then I just had to say and I don't know if this will work. I just go, Pete. There is a part of you that's an asshole. Like, that's okay. And maybe somebody doesn't want to reply to you. I wrote another one and was like, I'm sorry, I wrote that too. It wasn't even mean. Yeah. It was kind of snarky. It was kind of Chandler. I was like, really? Yeah. And then the next one was like, I I wrote that too quickly. I'm sorry, I understand, right? But they didn't reply. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm an asshole. And then I was like, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was an asshole. Maybe, like, let's own it. Instead of going, that's not me. That was me. I was just... And I know why, because I was under a lot of stress when that email came in. Yeah, and or you feel like they hurt your feelings, or like or they're rejecting, or they're rejecting you. Exactly. So it's like it's a it's your defense mechanism to be a bit curt, to be like I'm going to use my uh, pen and tongue to like hit hit you. Okay, so you think we're just blabbing and boring, and and Pete's talking too much, at whatever. But like I felt something unscrew in my stomach just to have you go like. I hear you. I yeah. see. Like you were feeling defensive, so like Val would say, "Your protector came out," which is your sense of humor, and, and like, and yeah. Kind of like, and, and, like you, and you've spent how long in your life developing that tool? That sometimes that muscle is going to be the first one that you use when you're nervous or scared, yes, or feel intimidated. I feel like you should every email should come with like a first of all there should be a timer <laughs> you hit send and then it goes but it doesn't really send until the timer i would benefit from that google has like one but it's like it's three undo. seconds uh, the yeah. undo button and you got to find that undo button yeah. real fast yeah no i've clicked that undo 
<laughs> I've been grateful for that. I'm yeah. Cool. But it's almost always when I forgot to add somebody. It's almost always you, Katie. I go, I've added Katie, our producer. And then I hit send and I'm like, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. And then I have to go back. Or you forget to attach a document or something like that. It's always the like, oh, fuck, I'm an Well, idiot. now Google has a, what is this, a Google podcast? But they have a thing where it goes like, it looks like you said you added something. Because if you put the word attached. That's right. Uh, and there's no attachment, it'll... See, this is good snooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back to instant pictogram that, yeah. that snoops in a bad way. I hate what you said, though. That really feels like the eye of Sauron being like, I'm going to tell you that, let's say Kumail is your better friend, even though J.F. Harris might be posting something that I'd like to see as well. That's, I, I mean, isn't that the definition of like kind of evil? It is evil. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fucked up. <laughs> It's, evil. it's fucked up because it creates a false sense of like staying in touch with people you care about. Therefore, you don't actually make deep connections with your friends anymore. It's like these little mini micro conversations where it's like if you called one of your friends instead of sending them the heart thing like, oh, yes. I heart this photo. I'm going to just call them now. Yeah. You'd be on the phone for 30 minutes instead of on Instagram with a friend having an actual conversation. Yeah. I also thought you were going to say we're out of practice too because you call and yeah. like, what? what? I mean, that was one of my favorite fucking things about the pandemic, dude. I went on an hour long walk every day and every day I would call someone and just it. talk for a half hour or an I, hour. I would do that too and I'd get really hurt. Not to bring it back to my my easily bruised ego apparently, but I'd go on a walk and I'd call Moshe or something. And yeah. This is right when we were all in the lockdown and he wouldn't answer. <laughs> I'd be like, where are you? Yeah, what are you doing? That like, but even as I say that, because I'm in a better place, because I was probably feeling anxious and, and isolated. So I was like, where are you? But now that I'm clear and we're sitting with friends, how great is this? Uh, I'm like, shower? Kids? Kids? Trying on one of your many beautiful jean jackets? <laughs> Which distressed jean jacket, Natasha? All of them. Dude, I get Moshe a lot. Not right now because I'm in a fat phase. But when I'm like this. Well, people think you're Moshe. Dude, in the special, fat someone. Phase. Yeah. Do you spell them both with PH? PH, yeah. Because I got that ass. <laughs> I actually have no ass. I wish I had an that ass. ass. Uh, That's so funny. Go. No, people comment on my shit all the time. Oh, like, who's this? Yeah, but your stand-up style is very different. Moshe, yeah. Moshe's style is really fast. Yeah. And I, I was really, I was LOLing, like IRL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's you're amazing. Special. It was wonderful. And it has just what I want, which is like some real, uh, some real truth. Like there's real human feeling yeah. in what you're saying. Yeah. And so let's go back to that. You, you, how did you end up in Florida with your parents during the pandemic? Wait, before oh, yeah. we get into that, are we going to get into how we know each other? Oh yeah. Tell me that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Okay, you're the host. Now. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> how you feeling, Pete? Guest well, host. also being on this couch, it's like very almost therapy. Yeah, I know, like I know. a very good therapy. It's also why we don't YouTube it. Yeah, who, who, this is a very unflattering. Not for you. I'm just saying. Yeah, look at me. Yeah, I'd I look spread like eagle. I'm getting with full a dick. <laughs> you're getting FD, man. Yeah. But these are bag pee. Yeah, baggy pee. You can't see my. No, 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 no. Next time, wear tight. Next time, I'll wear tighties. I remember the other day, not the other day, but I was like thinking about how, you know how we originally, do you, you don't remember how we met, right? I, I don't know if this um, is how like, we met because I, I was a Chicago. Context. Okay. I said to Val, I didn't remember because I go in my memory. Now that I'm off social, yeah. I'll go in the phone. If I'm really bored uh -huh. or pooping or something, yeah. I'll go in my photo app 
and hit um, for you, and I'll just watch memories of my life, oh. which turns out is wonderful. It's great. It's the best. Yeah, like that's a that's like if there's an evil program. That's, yeah, this that's is like the a opposite good one. Like of Instagram. Here's your baby at different ages, uh. and and then but even better, not even better, but also helpful. I said to Val because we're we're planning to go to New Mexico soon. I was like, Val, I forgot we've been to New Mexico before, <laughs> and it was like, here's a picture of you and uh, Richard Rohr, and it was so fun. Oh, but crazy! Like, I had forgotten about that trip, and that literally increased gratitude it made it i felt like richer not yeah. like monetary i mean like my yeah, life yeah. felt rich and i just was like oh my god the inside amazing. cash and prizes inside cash and prizes is a great phrase so i say that to say this because i don't remember doesn't mean no 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 I no, no. I, yeah, I, yeah i i don't give a shit because i but <laughs> i know i hear that protector <laughs> yeah, yeah. but also please tell me um I think it was when you sat in with my improv group in New York City. So I was on an oh improv God. group with Middle Ditch, Whoa. with Thomas. And it was me, Thomas, Mary Grill, Mackenzie, like all these Chicago people. Whoa. And we had all had just moved to New York. And I think you were going through your divorce. Yeah, 28. And I Yeah, something around there. And you came in like, Thomas was like, this is my friend Pete. He's, yeah, can Thomas, he sit in with us? Thomas and, and I became friends right after my divorce. Yeah, and so yeah. you sat in on a couple improv shows with that. that new what York- was the name of the team? Fuck. Um, ah, fuck. Maybe. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. Maybe, like we're changing a tire. Yeah. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Just trying to remember the name of an improv team. Uh, I, I, was, was it, it might at have been the like, pit? It was either at the pit or under St. Mark's. Yes. And I think it was called like Broad Shoulders or something, something like that. Something like that. It was that. some Chicago-related name because we were all ex-Chicago people. I see. All right. All right. Now so that's that, coming back. So that might have been the first time we met. You're giving me some richness. Yeah. I'm remembering. But we had all the same... Like I, I was a Chicago improv dude but didn't start doing stand-up till I came to New York. And then in New York later on, you let me do guest spots on your Stress Factory shows on my not it you were headlining the stress factory oh shit and you let me come every because i was also i was just gonna say in new brunswick yeah new brunswick (laughs) i was like no you're misremembering i know i've done the stress factory twice one as a headliner and one with greg barron and when i headlined i you came and did guest spots yeah you let me do all the shows which was so incredibly nice you gave me like nice compliments on all my fucking jokes and then you okay it's coming back and i even had like a like and I we I said something in conversation and you were like you got to make a joke out of that and it's in the special. Whoa! Yeah. What is the what was the topic? Uh, it's the period countdown clock. Period countdown clock. I don't. But after I don't a breakup, every man can't like a breakup's not over until twenty eight days after the relationship. Well, no wonder I love that because I didn't. Oh my god! Shit, dude. Yeah. That is so. Up my alley. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone talk about it. And I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Because that's completely true. Yeah. Espe- yeah. You're having sex with somebody and, and you're you want to like, make sure they're not pregnant. Because I'm yes. such a worrier that in my head, it's like. Well, I maybe was dating that woman at the time that Jay convinced me. I want to say that. Big Jay? No, no, no. Oh. I'm calling you Jay. Oh, okay, cool. Because JF, who has the time? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, she got me, uh, she persuaded me to try the rhythm method. Ooh. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it worked. And I I hate saying that. Yeah. And it only worked because I tracked her period. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That tracked her period. I did all this research. I wouldn't, like, the four-day... It's Ovulation. like four days before you're ovulating, because sper- <laughs> this is crazy. But sperm can live in the in the vulva for or up there for four days. That's terrifying yeah. and good to know. Yeah, I also think it's incredibly. We're almost at like immaculate conception level if it's like four <laughs> days before. But like these these sperm, you should see these sperm. They're doing push-ups. They're like the ones who blow up the Death Star. <laughs> they have their own athletic greens. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're drinking protein. They're fine in there. Four days, then the egg shows up and they do it. <laughs> the ones that blew up the Death Star, those do look like little spermies. Yeah. So I was, and then we would use condoms during those four days. And the, anyway, all I'm, the reason I'm saying this is don't do the rhythm method, everybody. Yeah, no. Don't, that's a stupid thing to do. Yeah, birth control. It's, yeah, use birth control. Is Unless it? you're with someone you want to have a child with. Yes, that's completely true. Which wasn't my whole life until my like, Never mind. That's it. The, I've never. Wait, I don't think there's maybe one. There's one person who I would have had a child with, but oh, that's it. Wow. Yeah. But no together. No together. No together. Yeah. Is that the breakup? That's the breakup. Okay. Who was the best? The best relationship. Best relationship I've ever had in my life. And did she? Uh, she ended it, but we were both ready for it to be over. Why would you want the best relationship of your life to be over? Because sometimes people grow apart. Are you breaking and you... up with me? Right now? <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. It's not going to. Some people grow apart. Some people, and you're just wired too differently. Like you can get along on so many levels. You can have so much in common. You can really have deep caring and appreciation for each other. But it's just not. You're not going to be your happiest together. Like what's your shit and her shit just doesn't mix together well. And you can do therapy and you can work on stuff, but it's just not going to. How did that manifest? Um, we just weren't it, like. Uh... I, I think it was like just not, ha- you know. Uh, Here's an easier question. Yeah. How long were you together? Seven years. Oh, six, shit. seven years. Yeah. So you were a different person when you met. Totally different. I was yeah. like, yeah. Sh- I did so much growing up in that relationship that I like will deeply attribute to her. Like, I was, Well, even the rhythm method lady. Yeah. I call her my jailbreaker when I'm being that because she was the one that exposed that I had this like really sort of inappropriate boundaryless relationship with my parents and it was horrible i yeah. hated it but she really like so i'm saying even the even the ones that yeah, don't she, work d- she's the one who was value. she was the one who like pointed out like how i could get crazy defensive could shut down like i learned how to like fight in a healthy way in that relationship or mm. be able to take feedback or notes or discussion it got me notes. like back into therapy yeah i could take notes, I have notes. I have some notes. Got you back into therapy? Yeah. Okay. Because I was in therapy when I was going through my divorce, but then like got out of it for a couple of years. Okay. We're going to have to go chronological. So go okay. back to me improvising with you, then Stress Factory stress and Stress nice Factory. Words, and do that period and then, joke. Yeah. And then I like came and saw you at the Gramercy a couple of times. And Oh, well, yeah. You were just so kind. It was oh, crazy. That's great. Yeah. Especially because I was at that point when you're a young comic that you're just like, 
hoping that anybody will be like, yeah. this is how you do comedy. And I remember not knowing how I could get to where you were, but Sean Donnelly was featuring and I could see how- Biff, sh- man. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, he's great. I, fucking, I just saw him in Austin. He was awesome. He, how great does he look? He looks incredible. He lost so much weight. He I looks- don't want to be ro- roasty. You have to remember, com- comedians talk to each other in a different way. Yes. So he looks great. He's like in great shape. And I said, oh, Sean, you're going to hit 80. <laughs> we used to call you Sean 50. And he laughed so hard. The whole room, it was a bunch of comics just started riff. I think someone else said we used to call you Sean 50. <laughs> so good. But yeah, you, literally, that's the fun of having a comedian friend is you can yeah. say the, the terrible thing. thing. Yeah. But it was a nice mean yeah, thing. Yeah, nice mean thing. Because I was yeah. like, you're going to make 80 now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, not, yes. Yeah, because the way he was going. I concede, was... by the way, that that's an offensive joke. And I hear, no, my, no, no, I no, sign, no. I'll sign the paper that says no. that's not kind. But he was my friend. He is my and friend. And you worry about somebody when they're that heavy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Keep going. Uh, and so I could see how I could get to Sean and how Sean could get to where you were. So oh, for me in my head, on the ladder. yeah, I was like, okay, I'm doing these guest spots. I could see how I can get to be the feature, and I, if I and I can see how Sean could get to where Pete is. Yeah, so it was like a very big weekend for me in comedy. Well, what the grammar say? Uh, that was at uh, Stress Factory. That was at the Stress Factory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Literally, real talk. I was like, I can't believe I could follow Sean at the Stress Factory because he's he's got that. I feel like he's so smart. So smart. And I feel like he's exactly what that sort of rough and tumble, maybe potentially Jersey crowd would want. Yeah. I feel like the Stress Factory sort of is a great club and it sort of winds it up a little bit to be like, we're going to break some balls here today. Yeah, and we're going to make that. And Sean goes out and he's like, bah, 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 bah. and then I'm like, and hey, like everybody. doing a little crowd work. Exactly. And like, like, yeah. if, like, I'm saying it's a poor choice. <laughs> you almost <laughs> want to pick somebody really? that's going to be, like, understated and, and be like, that's not the kind of show we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for me. Okay, I'm glad I was I, nice. You had great, great shows the whole weekend. It was super fun. I do remember that. Yeah, it was a good weekend. And that was around the time this podcast started. Wow. So, like, I remember taking the train to the to one of the shows that I didn't re- take the train with Sean, like, listening to the Dove Davidoff episode. Yeah, that is early on. And go, like, what do you do after you dude. after you come at an orgy? He goes, <laughs> that's when you hit the buffet. You know? <laughs> and I laughed so hard. Oh, my God. Because, again, like your period joke, and like a lot of the jokes in your in your stand-up, I just love those jokes that are just a little glimpse into a moment that nobody talks about. Yeah. After you finish having sex at an orgy and everyone's just humping, what do you do? You don't like you're not horny anymore. He's like, go get a sandwich. <laughs> I was like, okay, it made me so laugh so hard. So you were listening to Dove David, huh? Yeah, and just back then, I was like, I so I was like, it, the pod was super important to me because like I had a janitor job that I got from Mark Norman because Mark made it to the next hey. level. Yeah, so I got Mark's job working as a janitor. I'd be listening uh-huh. to the early pods like and uh-huh. learning a lot about stand up, and then you were letting me do guest spots. It was like yeah. so like oh that's great. It was such a good period for me. Like I got into meditation because of the Dana Gould episode. Dana Gould, yeah, I love really? Dana. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. It's funny. Yeah, what is this? Am I dead? I die, <laughs> and like you, you're like the same. Angel that comes and helps me This was your life. Yeah, it feels like that because I remember Dana talking about meditation and I was like, I was just thinking about him because I was like, I think I'll teach Leela about meditation. And I remember I asked him, I was like, do your kids, will you teach your kids about it? He's like, they will be made aware of it. And I I thought that was cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I would have loved a stress release technique when I was in junior high. (laughs) 100%. Dude, yeah. There's a a saying from a thing that goes, if I could have had a drink in kindergarten, I would have. 
Wow. And it's like, yeah, it's like I would have rather have had the tool of meditation instead of booze when I was a teenager. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 a haunting. Now I'm just thinking about drunk kindergartners, but yes. <laughs> like, would they act that differently? I mean, <laughs> Probably not. Crayon in your nose. Maybe it goes to the butt. We don't know <laughs> if you're drunk. I don't know. Uh, keep going. Uh, no. So it's just like that early period of my comedy. And I was going through, I was about to go through my divorce and you were talking about your divorce all the time. Oh, so this yeah. is like New York, early 2000s or late 2000s, early 10s, I guess. So you got married young. Uh, yeah, I was like 27, 28. Okay. Yeah. That's right. What I, I was 28 when I got divorced. So you, who, what was that story? What went wrong? <laughs> oh God. I, I just, uh, like I said, I joke in the special, I picked wrong. Um, <laughs> you picked wrong. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's that's not saying she's pure evil or anything. no, no, yeah. no, no. She was like similar. Like I picked a person who, uh, like I was. It was opposite to track. It was fun. It seemed like whoa, we're having this crazy young artist lifestyle. We're like yeah. living in the city in this like crappy apartment in Hell's Kitchen, and it's like fun and it seemed magical. But then, like, I wasn't an, an adult yet. I shouldn't have been married. You just put that so well because you are sort of, when you're in those young relationships and things are so nuts, you do just want to nail one thing to the floor and, and almost kind of hit save on a feeling. It's like, yeah. this is so adventurous and interesting. And now that we're older, I'm like, that's so weird because marriage to me now is I, I don't know it's just so much more stable and i look yeah. back at that and i was like what was i doing making big decisions in the middle of a storm basically like your life is a st on on the on the ocean you're getting tossed and tumbled and you're like let's make this official i'm like it seems like more of a cruising altitude decision oh my right? god yeah 100 percent. like n now i look at all my friends who have like 10 year relationship or marriages and you're like oh yeah they waited like until they were like almost 30 they had been together most of their 20s they yeah. knew who each other were yeah they weren't making any rash decisions cruising altitude wait for the captain to turn off the seatbelt light oh and then God. get married yeah 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 don't do it when it's like we might die we should get married right now because that's mine certainly was a foxhole decision i was so scared to go to chicago and try and do comedy and i i think i just like my my flaw my i, I don't want to say sin but i'm just saying the thing i did wrong was i was like Look, I don't know if she's exactly right. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I was like, I'll just slowly kind of manipulate her into being who, in the same way I had been manipulated, I think, uh, in my family to be a golden boy. Yeah. I was like, I'll just do to her what had been done to me and we'll both be golden children. And then we'll just, and then I'll be able to pursue comedy. But it wasn't comedy. <laughs> Why yeah. do I say it like that? Like Richard Robert Crumb. <laughs> uh, so that was my... You, 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 we were saying like you did. I didn't figure out who I was. And I yeah. was like, that's okay. I'll just make us the same thing. And do you feel like part of it too was like that? I'm checking off this adult box. Yes. Yeah. In fact, you're I like, think I would say that. Yeah, because that's which what is it the was least sexy thing you could say. Hundred percent. I, I, I used to say in front of her, I like having that section of my life, meaning relationships. It's like work, relationship. I don't know what the third one is. Like, yeah. Uh, children or family, maybe, but it's like I like having the relationship box checked. You filled the position, and yes. now I don't have to think about what's happening now. That's and frankly, I mean, maybe that had been modeled to me 
in my parents' relationship was, you know, they weren't, they would go on dates and stuff, yeah. but they weren't like, they're not like a best friend couple. <laughs> they weren't no. like, they weren't like, uh, in the way that we do now, they weren't like putting in the work and growing together and checking in. So I was just like, you'll be my friend and my buddy and my roommate, kind of my sleepover yeah. roommate. You you relate to that? A hundred percent. Yeah. That was like, I was just like, wanted that part done with so I can just like, now I can go figure out comedy. Now I can go figure out. And, and No uh, wonder we feel a yeah, kinship because that is so disgusting what yeah. you just said to me because it's me yeah i was like okay got it now i can focus on comedy and i wanted what to a, but also i just want to like have an apartment be an adult and we're gonna paint the walls that stuff and we're wasn't gonna... that interesting it wasn't as interesting as like what was gonna happen with comedy for me yeah i, I don't want to put words in your mouth but yeah. i also wanted to paint the walls have an apartment yeah pay rent and and get on with my real life yeah a hundred percent you want to just it's it's that weird thing of like I just felt, I felt so lost before that. I was like, this is a thing that'll give me an anchor and I will feel like an adult. Right. Like, and also I partially talking about like the scary dad stuff. I don't think it would have happened if it wasn't for my dad. You're scary dad. Yeah. Cause at one point my dad's not, he's, <laughs> he's not it, all, scary. he's not all scary. He's yeah. a very like, he's a well, he's a rounded person, but there are parts of him. But at one point we were dating like maybe like a year uh, maybe a little bit more and I was like calling her my best friend and saying like at some point we probably gonna want to get married and then he called me when we were together like a year and was like well if you're gonna get married you gotta be you gotta plan a wedding and that so you know get it together like kind of like plan the wedding yeah kind of he was like if you want to actually get married he like called me I remember it was like outside of a Starbucks on the one I worked at in you're New York City you're freaking me out because my mom was the one that suggested I get married, and it was outside of a Caldor. Yeah. Which oh, is a department oh store. Yeah, yeah Caldor. Caldor Goods. <laughs> Caldor Goods. Big shout out for Caldor. So <laughs> making a comeback. Back. They're yeah. coming back. They can take down Walmart. Yeah. But same thing. A yeah. parent, like an authority figure, told uh -huh. me, uh, again, not to lead you, but for me it was, you'll be a good boy if you do this. That's that's how it felt to me. Yeah, it was my dad just being like, "You, if you're going to do, if you're serious about this, you should do it." And then I was like, well. like got off the phone. She was there visiting me, and I like said that to her, and it was like, okay, so I this guess is, we'll do it. And we I'm literally dead because I called my now ex right after in the Caldor parking lot. No, sh yeah, I believe that's Burlington, Massachusetts. So my mom is not like, the coat factory. Not the. <laughs> I believe that's Burlington, Vermont. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, I liked it very much. I called her in the car as soon as my mom yeah. was like, you should do it. And then I called her and didn't propose. was just like, you know, I think we should get married. And it was like, 100% that. It was like, we're talking about it. We should do it. I know, we're dude. Same. Yeah. Dude, it was, it's crazy. And then, so we set an engagement for a year later. We got married a year later. Running up to it, I, sh I knew I shouldn't have done it. Really? And it, like, yeah. And then we went on like a terrible honeymoon. And then we were together for what like- What did it feel like to know you shouldn't do it? Were, uh, were friends, did anybody pull you, t grab your elbow? My mom. Your mom did? My mom was like, hey, I just want- she, My mom loved this woman. Yeah. Uh, but was like, hey, just so you know, it's going to be hard. Like, uh. just because she had a lot of her own baggage in her own life, which is like a part of what blew up our relationship, also got cheated on. You, uh, this one. Yeah, she cheated on me. Wow. The way, like, so, dude, we just it hold was our crazy. hand up to I the know, mirror. I know, just touching. Uh. <laughs> 
dude, that was the crazy part when you were you were making crashing. I lived on the road for a year and a half, for a year after. after my divorce, and just lived with comics on sofas and would fly to a comedy club. So while you were making crashing, I was like, Pete's making a show about my life. The only thing that's different is I didn't have the Christianity upbringing. Yeah, I had Irish Catholicness. Yeah, and so you were making that show, and we even had the same agent at the time, Drew. Wow. So I was just like, this dude's like making a show about my life. It was so crazy. And yeah. then you're casting it with like Big J's in it. And Big J was like my mentor too, the same way wow. he was to you. Yeah. He'd take me around to spots in New York City. Oh, and he's was such like, a great shepherd. He's, he's such the a best. sweet guy. Yeah. I learned so much from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So this is wild. Yeah, I know. This is the last day. Like, this is like, I just kind of leave Earth after I this. I don't know why. It's like, oh, I, I, I've been on Earth long enough to meet the same guy. But the <laughs> fucked up part is while I'm going through all that stuff, you had just started doing the podcast. So I felt like I had a friend who was telling me about what I was going through. As that's I not fucked up. Uh, I, I think that's completely normal. And yeah. I, when I first got divorced, Chris Gethard, I told him this. I had this like, I'm, I'm not saying you're saying this. I'm yeah. saying I, he became an avatar for me of hope. Yeah. Like I was like... Chris Gethard is my friend, even though we weren't friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm going to be okay because I'm in Chris Gethard's class. Chris kind of has that energy. He, yes. he draws a lot of intense fans. And I was one of those intense fans, but I needed it, even though we always say it's like this one sided relationship. It can still be a relationship. I yeah. Mean, a lot of little old ladies think, you know, Alex Trebek was their grandson. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's okay. Yeah. And you were kind to me too. Yeah. Like we you were actually me IRL. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like you would send me the occasional DM and shit like that, yeah. which was nice. Yeah. I remember this is coming back. This is coming yeah. Back. Hit it. Hit yeah. It, hit so it. it was so wild. Like, so I go through this, I'm in this relationship and I'm like floundering. I decide to get sober in this relationship. In the marriage. In the marriage. Interesting. Yeah. And that might have... And that was... Was she not for that? She was not for that. Good guess, Pete. Yeah. Thank you. And that's when the Because sometimes when when things are... If a relationship is unconscious and another person... I just mean unconscious, I mean sleepwalking or like... There's just a lot of piles of elephant shit in the room. Yeah. As Dr. Gary Penn, my therapist, would say, you're just spraying air freshener on them. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things you don't want to look at. And then somebody's like, I'm going to get sober. Like, it's not... It's not good news to the SS that relationship. No. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) And the person was not thrilled with it. And then, like, because of their past and their baggage, eventually, like, just kind of acted out and pulled the pin on relationship and cheated. Cheated. Because you got Sobies? That was, I think that was the way to, like, get out. Was, yeah, that's right. It was like, I I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know how to say it, so I'm going to just do this. That is something... Talk about your waiting 30 days after a breakup thing. I I just don't know too many people that... I just feel like I only learned it after it happened to me, which is that people cheat because they don't want to break up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's just like a way of nuking the whole thing. I don't recommend it. No. Because the temper... I think there has to be guilt and stuff involved or like... You know, my ex, when we had our breakups after the fact, she was sort of like, I wish I had been more courageous and just broken up with you. Yeah. But I also understand. It's so hard. So do I. I was such a sweetie, soft, wet baby. Wet, yeah. Wet hands. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, like I, I was always like, I'm the good guy. I'm the nice guy. I'm yeah. like putting in the work. You know what I and mean? And that was our strategy, right? Yeah. Our strategy is being unleavable through sweetness, uh-huh. which it turns out 
isn't unleavable. It's just you have to. It's like you can't do it with a knife. You have to do it with a gun. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like you have to go out like old Yeller. Oh, yeah. That's what you do with so sweeties. Like, I'm going to put this relationship down. That's right. And that brings us back to that email. That like prickliness that was kind of was actually developed after my wife left me as a good thing. It's like sometimes you need to speak your truth in a in a way that might be blunt because I spent so long never writing emails that are just a little curt. Uh, yeah. And I'm saying these are skills that are necessary and the fallout is occasionally. I brought the email back somehow, Jay. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm on board with this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no it makes 100% sense because you can't be that person all the time because that's not a full rounded person. That's and also right. you're using that other thing all also as a defense mechanism right which is like it's not unhealthy it's like I, I need you to like like be okay you know like i can't it's almost like codependency like i'm gonna mm -hmm. be sweet so that i don't hurt your feelings right so because i'm afraid that you scary dad stuff yes it's like i'm afraid that i'm not gonna be able to handle your full range of emotions so i'm just gonna be the sweet i'll guy. limit myself if you limit yourself a hundred it's like modeling then that's what i was saying i was manipulating her to be like if i'm just completely soft you'll be completely soft yeah and that was the prison that she broke out of yeah <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, good for you. Yeah. I mean it. Good for yeah. you. I needed to be blown up too because I needed to learn how to be a person. So you were together the in the marriage. Yes. How long? Uh like two and a half years, but like one of those years we were like like sometimes on not sometimes on we were to like together, but she like would be like, I need a break. I'm staying with my friends in Queens, which was just like the dude. I thought the dude's name was Zin Queens. That's what I thought. I was like, wow, somebody's name's in Queens. So she, oh, that's when she started having yeah. the affair. Interesting. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. How I did you find out? She told me. She told you. Yeah, which was cool. And I like. Oh, yeah, mine told me too. Yeah. Oh, no, mine. Yeah. My ex told me too. Yeah. Crazy. And I tried to do the thing of like, okay, we can work through this. And we tried to, did therapy. But then there was other stuff ultimately too that's like. Bl kind of blew it up that it, I'm, I'm not it's not my business to talk yeah, about see. kind yeah. of thing yeah so ultimately like we were doing therapy and then i was on the road and it was just like yeah this isn't gonna uh, gonna work like i asked for a divorce she said she wanted to make it work we did like eight weeks of therapy she was kind of done with therapy didn't want to do it and then like once that happened you can't if you we're both not willing to work on it what are you gonna do right break up yeah break up how did your dad take <laughs> <laughs> they were i think they were fine with it i kept i kept a lot of it from them for a long time like now they know the full story yeah but at the time they kind of i didn't oh, let them nice. know that like she cheated or and other stuff that was like happening that is um what i really needed like the cheatingness i remember my father and and it just shows a different approach my yeah. dad sort of had the uh, the feeling of like you don't have to tell anybody yeah like, it, <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny considering what I what I did. I, I'm not saying I built a career out of it, but like it was the first my it was my first taste of like shame or something that like yeah. you kind of look like a loser. I'm not saying no, by no, the way, no, no, anyone no, no, listening no. to me don't I don't think people that get cheated on are losers. No. But I think that's how I was raised. And I think those men from that generation were like, whatever's yes. going on. You keep it to just in these four walls. That's right. What happens in this house stays in this house. It was a Vegas situation. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm so glad I went the other way. First me of all, too. I, and it helps me go through mine. Oh, really? Yeah. That makes me really happy. Because what are we doing? 
yeah. keeping the stuff to ourselves. Yeah. That brings me back, like you, you said in your special, you were like, it's a one-liner. I don't want to ruin it, but it's like you. I don't give a shit. You hang out with they, your parents. You get to see the people who installed uh, your character defects. <laughs> yeah, dude. And you saw your dad uh, behaving a certain way, and you went, "That's why I cry in the shower." Yeah. And I was like, to me, the salty sweet of stand-up is sneaking in those little lines, and there's a laugh, like you know, comedians maybe audience members too, but like get really good at understanding what different laughs sound like. And the laugh you get at That's Why I Cry in the Shower is I hear people going like, I hear some people laughing like, haha, he laughs, he cries in the shower. I hear some people laughing like, I don't think he means it. And then I hear some people laughing like, I cry in the shower. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is to me the best one. Yeah. And also people knowing why. It's like, I know how this happened to me. I know why I'm stressed like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then also at 38, living in close quarters with my parents was like a lot. Okay. But I'm so happy it happened. I mean, it sounded like a lot. And there was a part of me that was sort of, I'm glad you, you said that. Wow, you have a, a good perspective on it already. Because while you were talking about it, there's a reason why it, though, that's a movie. And that there's so many, Frasier, there's so many yeah. shows where it's like, or road trip movies. You have to go on a road trip with your dad. We love forcing the kids back with the parents because yeah. we all have unfinished business. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What Did a you? fucking, oh, God. That unfinished business just like hit me. <laughs> Oh. We all have it. I yeah. have it. It, g- it just gave me the chills too. I was like, "Oh no!" And I'm still trying to work through it now. Yeah, you know, because yeah. like I want, like I'm gonna take my parents to see Billy Joel in July in New York, as like, you do. I'm flying back. I'm gonna take them out to see him. Well, you know, and just like to spend more time with them to try to be able to just have conversations and. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's. Uh, let's not talk about me because I could I, I could unpack <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> We're just so weird. I, it's hard to have conversations. Anyway, you let let's jump into the future and okay. the pandemic starts and you. So I'm me and my ex, uh, not my ex wife, my ex girlfriend, uh, Lene, who's the best. Um, she uh, and me split up, and uh, we have like a house out in Eagle Rock, and it's things are nice, and so we decide like. Okay, we're gonna like live together for a little bit, and eventually get to the point where it's like, okay, I gotta get out of here. We're gonna live as friends. Yeah, we kind of were cohabitating. It wasn't the best thing in the world. It's sad, you know, when you're like sharing a home. Yes, but I'm it was very also depressed. like, yeah, dude, at one point she thought she had COVID. She went to go like visit a friend, and she was getting COVID tested from being on set all the time. Yeah. So she, her, and her friend who were both on sets were like, we're gonna meet up in New Mexico. And oh. we're we're gonna hang out for Me a weekend. And on the way back, her friend got sick. It turns out it wasn't COVID. But in that time, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to move my stuff into a storage mu- unit in like two weeks. Who knows how long this is gonna take? Got a storage unit that day. Moved out all of my stuff. Moved my stuff into the garage, and then lived in my office, which was kind of like this your office. Yeah. And I just lived in there for the last like two months month and a half we were together because you didn't want to get cocoa but then but then it was just like yeah you can't share a bed for how long are you going to share a bed as pals as pals as 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 boner pals yeah yeah so (laughs) we ended up splitting and then uh i was my buddy bought a house in eagle rock and i was like he was like you can take over my apartment and sublet for me in los feliz uh and i was like great 
let's do it. Mm. And then the construction on his house kept pushing back further back and further back. So I was supposed to, I went out, I drove to Florida for Thanksgiving to Mm. spend it with my family uh, during the COVID. And then I was like, I'm going to drive. Then I was like, I'll stay here until December, move back to LA, move into the apartment. Construction gets pushed back. Construction gets pushed back. I moved into that apartment October 12th. Um, So like almost a year later. Whoa. But the deal on the apartment was so good and it's such a nice apartment. I was like, it's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. And I mean, it seems like the Greek gods are just like, how do we get JF to stay with his parents? A hundred percent. I think he loves a good apartment. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Hermes. Yeah. (laughs) There's a space for his Ames chair here and his record player here. Yes. Yeah. So you were with your folks waiting for an apartment. Yeah. And it, how did it go? It I mean, it was hard until I just accepted that it was what it was, that it was outside of my control when the place would be ready. And I just had to like be in like a higher powers will and it's out of my control and I'm just mm. going to enjoy this time with my parents. And then around that time is when I was talking to my buddy Mike and he was like, we should shoot your special. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so at that point, then I went into like Rocky training mode and it was just like living with my parents, writing all this jokes about being with my parents and then doing stand up in the South wherever they don't believe in science. So it was like, (laughs) and it was just like, and then I got in crazy good shape because there was nothing else to do. So I was like working out twice a day. Wow. Yeah. It's funny when you said like Rocky, I was thinking a montage of a comedian getting ready as like masturbating, <laughs> like eating so much ice cream oh, and just dad. like sleeping and all this stuff. It's like, yeah. But with the Rocky theme yeah. blaring. Dad opening the room, checking on you every couple of minutes. <laughs> that, so that's real? Like he really would, dude, he would just knock while knock, entering? Yeah. Or not even knock, just walk in, dude. Wow. Because it's his place. <laughs> and were they happy that you were there? Yes, they they did like having me there. I think I think it's also good for my parents, so it's not just the two of them. Yes, you know, because they're just together all the time, and my parents, for the most part, get along. I didn't grow up in a big fighting house. Like there would be one thing every once in a while. I grew up in kind of more of a like, hey, don't tell your dad we're doing this kind of house. Like avoid making dad angry kind of house. Oh, yeah. What, like what? Don't tell your dad. I like, like your mom would say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we don't have to tell your dad about this kind of stuff. What is she doing? I don't know. It it's like she's nothing, giving you no, a belt great. of whiskey. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. You don't have to tell yeah, your dad about this. This is between me and you. Let's <laughs> leave the old man out of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, just like little things, you know, that she didn't want to have to explain, you know? What did your dad, what does your dad do or did your Retired dad? fireman. And oh. my dad was like the boss. He was the lieutenant. So he like ran the house. And then he got that energy out at work. And when he came home, he was pretty like kind of a quiet guy. He would make jokes. He was funny. But he was also like my dad had an abusive alcoholic dad. Mm. So he had it. He has like a temper. He can go from like one. He never hit me. He's like broke that cycle. He's great in that way. But, you know, when you have someone where you don't know, like, is this person angry? Is this as a kid? You're always like tiptoeing around. Yeah, and I'm still that way. I yeah. Mean, let's see if my let's guess. Do you think my dad texted me back? Nope. <laughs> oh no, my phone's off. My phone's off. There you- but I, I still feel that way, which is yeah. completely inappropriate. Yeah. Like I have a hard time seeing reality because I still put on the glasses from my youth, and I'm like, like that's why I like to say he's going to come up and eat me. Yeah. Because I want you to know how ridiculous it is, but I'm still kind of afraid that that might happen. How do you feel about two things? One, how do you feel about your dad seeing you do stand-up when you talk about your dad? 
Well, that's an interesting question because I think they just like that I'm talking about them. Okay. that's That seems to be my analysis. Yeah. I have a joke about how my dad um, can't hear very well, but like I don't. This goes back to the conversation thing, and this is sort of the heartbreaker in the in, like seeing how much I love to chat. Yeah, my mom and I can chat. My dad and I, we we don't talk like this. No, me like, either. <laughs> yeah, but I even not even just like what we're talking about and stuff. I mean, like it's hard to get my dad in the exact frequency that he needs to be to have like a real back and forth i've had a few in my life yeah but it's like the tv's on mute he's in his house he's in his robe and i come and i sit with him and even when we do that it's mostly talking about winning yeah and that's what he likes to my talk dad loves about. to know how much i'm making all the time that's have you heard me say that uh, i think so but also that's what he asks me that's, special came out what are you gonna make for that yeah i used to write for will smith pre-slap he wanted to know <laughs> what i was getting paid you know that's the kind of stuff back when will smith slapped like yeah. his music yeah, slapped. slapped yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, but see, I don't. But think, I, I don't want to talk. Ab- I do sometimes want to talk about winning, but not yeah, really, not yeah, much. No. I'd really, I'd rather talk about inside cash and inside prizes. inside cash and prizes. Exactly. So it, uh, I forget where we were going. I was just saying, like, it's hard. It's hard to get there with with my dad. But you were saying, yeah, same. Like, I could probably count on one hand the amount of time I've had phone calls that lasted longer than five minutes with him. And he jokes about it. My dad yeah. too is like, I'll talk to my mom for thirty minutes, sometimes an hour. Yeah, and then he's like, it's time for five minutes with dad. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, but I, you want to say like you can't hear me like yeah. physically it seems like most of the time he can't hear me but he also doesn't turn down the tv i can hear csi blaring ice road truckers <laughs> and i'm just like my obsession with noise and like quiet like i want to go places like i want it to be quiet and we can talk and connect is because that is what i was missing there was like loud tvs or loud restaurants or loud 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 and i'm just looking for that deeper connection so i remember what, what why we started talking about this was you said the jokes i think when they come to see me they're not able to absorb what i'm saying yeah uh, they just hear the crowd and they get very distracted. They can't believe that's their son. son. Yeah, but I don't have that. I was just talking to Val this morning about like I went to my friend Nick. We called him Nicky, but Nick's house when I was a kid, and I love my dad. My dad taught me so much about how to be funny and be gregarious yeah. and, and and persuasive and take over a room and all these things that absolutely changed and shaped my life. But then I would go over Nicky's house. And Nikki's house, his dad went for jogs, <laughs> like like it'd be wearing like running shoes. Parents wear matching running outfits, kind yes, of house. stuff like that. Yeah. And he'd make a smoothies. I made Leela a smoothie, which is why oh. it came to mind. And I was like, I always was like, what the fuck is going on here? That the dad, the dad makes the son a smoothie. And I could see he was putting all these like healthy things in it. And I was just like deeply kind of jealous in yeah, that moment a hundred percent yeah it's that like yeah this is what i don't you inside, you just see what you don't have yeah that guy wasn't a hoot yeah <laughs> you know, no like, he wasn't what my dad was and no. i picked my dad a, a hundred times yeah uh but like i i, I i'm striving more for the running but you could have a conversation dad. about a book with that guy and also that's that's what all my friends dads became my dad yeah so many of those i still 
can call my friends that I grew up with their dad. Sometimes I do on Father's Day or whatever and just talk to them. And I can't, it really sounds like I'm shitting on them, but like, they're just not like a, my dad won't say, how does it feel to have a sitcom or whatever? He'll either, he kind of does what I do. He'll ask like a leading question. He'll be like, it must, you must be nervous doing a sitcom or something. Yeah. And you're just like, no, but then no matter what you say, it's kind of, yeah. and then he goes like, because I remember being nervous, you get nervous. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it really does remind me of Trump. It's like nerves, it's got to have nerves. <laughs> nerves are a good thing. Like he just kind of wants to do a dad, dadalogue. Yeah. And then when I would go to my friend Thomas's house and his dad would just be like, so what? what is that? What is that like? And then there'd just be like a quiet blank space. And I'm like, I can just... I can say anything here, and 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 you'll respond in real time. It's yeah, like really which I crazy. think also that feeling makes me nervous sometimes to share things with people. Like I just mm. push things over where I'm just like, you know, like someone be like, ah, oh, the special came out. I'll be like, yeah, you know, you know, I, I have that in me too. Yeah, which like let's not make a big deal out of this. I have that too. Yeah, believe it or not, I no, do. No, 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 no. Like I, Val and I talk about this all the time because we'll go to like a birthday party or something, and someone will ask me like a generous question. And she's like, you seem to want attention, but only on your terms. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I thought you might like that. Oh, my God. Seeing as you're me. Like, dude, dude like I'm, I'm the person. talking about this sweatshirt, and I don't like it. They're like, that's a nice color. Where did you get that? I'm like, leave me uh, alone. Oh, I like that. You can compliment this jacket all you want. <laughs> ah, I do I like got, I got one this morning. I was just like, yes. <laughs> it's uh, a great jacket. But- I get that too. Yeah, someone will... Fuck, I lost my point with that dumb Attention kid. only on your own terms. Oh, yeah. Like, I stand up. Yeah. I want to do is. it. I want to have the show, and then I want to get the fuck out of there and just... I don't, you know... Yeah. I don't want to hang out and chat and, like, do all that stuff. Like We just, I just hung out. Like, yeah. when my friends come to a show and they're like, let's go out after. I'm like, you just got the best of me. Yeah. You got the best of me. And that's why you seem like me. Like, like I'm a married I'm a married guy. Like, yeah. I love being married. I come home. Val is usually watching something. She pauses it. I walk in the door. And I do, like, five minutes on how the show went. Yeah. And it's usually very funny because I'm really raw and I'm really, like, alive. Yeah. And I, and I talk shit about the crowd. Or, <laughs> or I, I, you know, she. I always say I was good. That's my code for I, I didn't do well. I was good like, uh, because it's never my fault. Although sometimes it is, obviously. But we do that little show. But having that, it's just not complicated. You get overwhelmed with the complexities of human beings, and and you just kind of want to focus in on one person. Am I? Is that yeah, too much? Okay. No. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's part of part of me. Like yeah, when you were me like too. we used to do improv together and stuff. I'm like, oh, single Pete. He was friends with Middle Ditch. He's hanging out with Kumail and yeah. hanging out with you, doing shows together. And I'm like, it's almost like there's something that I miss about that desperate guy that that wanted to go out and hang out. Because once I reach my cruising altitude, it can be difficult yeah. to uh, get me to land and go to your... Uh, karaoke party yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> it really does feel as labored as getting a plane to land <laughs> but on the flip of that when you do like there's no better feeling than like standing in the comedy store parking lot shooting the shit with three or four other comics just being like that's why having a social element just telling sean that he you know he's gonna live till 80 yeah oh my god you know what i mean there's you know you're we're gonna make 80 of, yeah <laughs> or, ju or just other bits just doing bits and like talking yeah. about tagging each other's jokes yeah. yeah 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 uh that whole yeah 
but there is a part of me that's just like okay if i'm in this relationship i can turn off like a huge part of like having to worry about life i'm realizing that i'm still sort of doing that but i i don't sleep on it anymore like with yeah. Val, like i i work at it like i still oh, try yeah. to like I, i'm saying this to be helpful to people listening is like I hate, I I I don't like when people are like it's work it's work. Val and I don't feel like first of all I feel like it's a very rarefied air relationship like a very special relationship. I don't work at it, but you don't sleep on it either. Yeah, you don't <laughs> have to do it. You get to do it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. My example is always like like their their marriage cliche cliches, but taking out the trash or, or doing the uh doing the dishes or something. You do it because. You want to surprise and delight your partner, yeah. Not because you're afraid of them, yeah. <laughs> and I've done it. I've cleaned You've dishes it both because ways. Of both ways, yeah. yeah. Okay, we have a couple different threads. We could go back. I, I am curious. So you meet what was her name? Lee Linne. Linne. Yeah. Is she an actor? No, she. Uh, we met through improv in Chicago, but she did. She did it. Stopped doing it. I took a sketch comedy class with her ex-husband. Oh, wow. And she remembered me as the only person who treated her not like an improviser's wife. <laughs> so later on, when they got they were compliment. divorced for like five or six years. Then I was starting to go through my divorce, and I came out here, and we ran into each other at like a show of all Chicago people. And she was like, "Oh, I saw you got married on like Facebook," and I was like, "Eh," and she was like, "Oh, I've been there." And then she was like, "We like went and got brunch and talked about it." Going through a divorce, and then like a month later, I like flew back and started like dating and stuff like. That. I, I I wish it wasn't so condescending to say I love that for you, but yeah. I do love that for you yeah. because when you're broken, like your heart's broken, or a divorce, hang out with another divorce person. And this person was, you know, not to like slight my ex-wife, but like this person felt like the polar opposite, and it felt very new and exciting. And it was my first trip to L.A. as a comic doing stand-up, and I got to do Meltdown, and she saw me at Meltdown, and oh, you know, wow. you're doing all these cool things and doing spots every night and running around, and L.A. feels so different from New York, and I signed with you're a management. Hell's Kitchen anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I signed with management. It was like all this, like, it's like, oh, my life can be different than mm. like this, like, sad New York, angry, fighting hard to get spots you know like just trying i still think about that like even though new york is i think the best city like yes. if you, if you want to like live in a city like yeah like, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. a city yes can't beat it i'm also like you know it can be it can be nicer yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like we, could, we got we got some notes yeah we i have notes yeah i i love it but like when i was living there i think there was a there that was the time when i wasn't ready to expand beyond like i wanted to be hoodie up huddled in the subway and that that was good for me i was incubating yeah but then there comes a time when i wanted to like break out and 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 spill out larger than a tiny apartment and and not step over the after the divorce after the breakup i was like i'm moving back to new york and then a large part of why i stayed here besides the fact that i put in like seven hard years of work in la like i was just like i spent seven years like building a home like i have nice furniture i have like my record collection it's yeah, like yeah. it feels dumb to be like i'm not gonna move because of this stuff but i like the comfort of my stuff i like yeah. it's one of my hobbies like it's like collecting records and jackets and hmm. chairs I also love jackets. yeah oh god a good jacket dude i got like too many can i tell you something that'll that'll really up your jacket 
fantasies. Uh-huh. When I was doing uh, How We Roll, one of the things they would do is the distress jackets. Do you know that yeah. they can do this? Yeah, yeah, You know this already. But, I didn't know this. You throw like a Carhartt. You know, you buy yeah, a yeah. Carhartt jacket. We used to wear those in Boston. They're so stiff. You wear them for six months and then they start to kind of look good. They throw them in like a dryer with rocks and like 20 minutes later, you look like you've been working on the construction site for six years, it's, which is what you want to look like yeah, in a hard jacket. Yeah, 100%. little hot tip. And records too. Do you sit and just... 100%. I write every day to like vinyl. You sit and write? Yeah. So I do like 15 minutes. I have like one of those sandglass timers. Yeah. And I do 15 minutes, five minutes break, 15 minutes, five minute break, 15 minutes, five minutes break. This is fascinating. Yeah. You're the only other person. Dimitri Martin used to do that. He, he would do everything. I think it was in, it might've been 15 minutes. It might've been 30 minutes. It might've been an hour. Yeah. But he was like, if I'm going to write, I'm going to write for one hour. And it was to like force yourself into yeah. this state. Yeah. But you're doing it 15 with five off and then another 15. Yeah. It's called the Pomodoro method. Tell I learned, me everything. I learned about it through this Pomodoro, like, so this like productivity. Bacon fat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I learned about it through this like pro- productivity planner. Tell me everything. Thing. And like it has like you write out how long it's going to take you think and then you put in little circles for each the amount of time it took. But it just helps you like. Wait, what does that mean? You, you have to write uh, a bit. Yeah. Let's make it less a bit, a bit meaning a bit when is a bit done. I'm not trying to be funny. It's it's like it's so it's so it's amorphous. Never done. It's abandoned, Jerry. You abandon it. <laughs> is that on Seinfeld? No, 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 no. But, there but that is, is a Seinfeld saying. He, ah, that's true. I yeah. didn't know that was him. I've heard that before. Yeah. But let's say you have to write um a, a sketch. Yeah. You know pretty well when a sketch is done. So you with the Pomodoro is it Pomodoro? I think I could be 100% method. wrong. I'm dyslexic. But you say, oh, the Omapor up? <laughs> the Omapor up method. Is it okay to make dyslexic jokes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to represent all I'm of dyslexics people. Dic- dyslexic people. Could it be an easier word? It's like speech impediment. It's like the joke. It's like whoever came up with the name and spelling, you asshole. <laughs> Would you wait? The spelling what? <laughs> For dyslexia. Oh my God. And I've also heard speech impediment is one of the hardest words to say. It's a great bit. Um, you have to write a sketch. You think it's going to take 20 minutes, so you write down 20 minutes? Yeah. Well, I don't even do that part anymore. Honestly, all I do is just like the... I know if I want to write stand-up or a mo- working on a movie script or something, it's like if I just do it in little 15-minute chunks, like I know I can sit down and write for 15 minutes, and then by the time I get done with the first 15, I'm already in a space where I could keep it going. Buddy, love that. You need to catch your epiglottal reflex. I need to pee, and then we're going to keep talking about productivity. Okay, great. After these words from me, Undies. I'm just... Emails? Emails. Yeah. Even swiping it down to check it. Yeah. I know why. I think it goes back to that thing. I don't know why. I think it goes back to there's something you don't want to think about, and there's something you don't want to feel. Yeah. And it also, maybe that's too deep. You know when you check your email, and there is you do hit three cherries? Yeah. And yeah. there's the email that's like, Katie, uh, it's $50,000. Moby wants you to be the tech or whatever it is. Yeah. That's why you check your email. <laughs> yeah, money. Like for money, stand- for winning, st- yeah. relationships. For, for me, for stand up, when you're first like trying to get on the road and get booked and get spots, you're just like, yeah. this is where my rent money comes from. People responding to emails. And I get email. I got an email this morning that was one of our sponsors was cutting down their frequency. So sometimes I get like a bad email. Uh-huh. And that's also, you're alive. Yeah. You mentioned being an addict. I, Richard Rohr says addicts, what they want is the 
feeling of being alive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I relate really hard to that. I have this gum over there called Grenades. I don't even really recommend it, <laughs> but it's the strongest gum. Do you want some? It's the strongest gum. Here, let's eat one. Will it? Will this fuck you up? I'm not gonna do it. I don't. You're know not. What oh, okay, then we're not gonna chew it. What is that's it? Disgusting. It's like the most intense gum you can buy. It's oh. just mint up your butt. It, like it'll clear your okay, sinuses. I'll do that. I thought it was like gonna be like caffeine. No, no, thing. no, no. I'll give you one after. Okay. Nobody wants to hear us chewing gum. But that's an addict. That's a product for oh, addicts. A hundred percent. That's only for... Whenever I meet dudes who are like kicking heroin, it's always like, hey, get ready to eat a lot of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every I'm such a snooze. I'm always talking about nicotine gum, but that was really tricky for me because something that you eat that changes your state will always be interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if, even if it, like too much nicotine is like too much caffeine... Like, so there's this game you're playing and now you're thinking about your levels. You're not thinking about your life or what's stressing you out. Yeah. You're just playing the game of how drunk am I? How stoned am I? Trying to control and manage. That's Instead it. of being present. And you're like, a lot of people... Fuck you. <laughs> but that's so right. Yeah. That was like a good fuck you. That's yeah, like, yeah, fuck yeah. you. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And, you, it, and like, you're, a lot of people like get into drugs and alcohol either to like disassociate or because it's the only way that it helps them let their guard down in yeah. a way where they can feel present with other people. Like I remember yeah. the first time I ever got drunk in my life, I was like 13. We were drinking OE40s. I was surrounded with all the guys I grew up with on my block who were like my brothers. But it was the first time in my life I ever felt comfortable around them and i was like this forever wow yeah. i know what you mean i i forget i think it was jim atkins from jimmy world um and i was t- i think I, I he's sober and i was talking to him about booze and i wasn't sober yet or not drinking it yet and i was like there's a heart opening quality that's what i would always say yeah. about wine and that or, or just booze in general and that is sort of true and and the alcoholics anonymous people i think it's their saying they say it's good till it's not yeah 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 like that is like here's what an addict is so it's good till it's not makes no sense to me because like if it's good keep doing it until it's not like yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. doing it i was eating because we have leela now we often have goldfish crackers in the house um because come on those are great yeah <laughs> but you know who can't handle goldfish crackers this guy so i took like a handful of them and then i i took a moment i paused and reflected i was like what are you doing and my brain went how many goldfish crackers will be enough? And my brain went, never. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, that's, I literally had an epiphany. I was like, that's how I know I'm eating or drinking or whatever out of addiction is if the answer is never, then that thing is not serving you. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. A hundred percent. Because it's not three more handfuls and I'll be good. I will eat gold. I'm like a, a horse. Dude, I my birthday was Sunday. <laughs> Happy uh, birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got you. You made it weird. I, I hope it's yeah, special. Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay, good. This is, uh, this is like, so nice for me. Something to mark the occasion. Yeah. We finally got to do a pod. Yeah, it's so great. And how old are you now? 39. How old are you now? How old <laughs> Sorry. are you 39. now? Okay, great. Yeah, and I had a couple friends over and I bought a bag of like giant bag of M and M's, and I and like everybody left, and I like had them in my house, and I was like, "This is going to be a problem." Yeah, and I right. like last night like was like, "I just want a veg." I was tired, 
And I was like, I just want to sit on the couch, eat some popcorn, some M&Ms, and watch a movie. Salty sweet. Yeah. And that's about, our that's uh, our heroin. Salty I lo- sweet. I love it. Get too salty, go to yeah. sweet. Get and too like, sweet, go to salty. It's the it's yeah. And it's like ah, ah, ah. and I'm like just fistfuls of peanut M&Ms. And eventually it's like one in the morning and I'm like, what are you doing? You've been being good lately, you've been being healthy. And I just yeah. had to like throw the bag out. Because I knew I would finish it oh, if I didn't. I have to throw it out and spray it with Clorox. Oh, damn. Otherwise, I'll yeah. pull a Costanza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll get that shit out. Yeah, yeah that. I, I mean, no, it's it's a full-on... I don't need to be diagnosed. I know that's a thing yeah. for me. And it's because it'll never be enough. Can we talk a little bit about M&M's? Oh, yeah. How much of M&M's, when you think about M&M's, is it the sound of your hand going into a bowl of M&M's? <laughs> That's by design. Yeah. Like that That just, like we're, ra- I, I don't even mean in the bad way. It's like dogs. It's like Pavlovian yeah. and that sound, everything. Val and I once had a, tw- this is food addicts talking, right? We had like a 20 minute discussion about how good Skittles feel on your teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's sort of that, this like, like click, 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 click. They're yeah. almost like and exactly all- like teeth. They're yeah. like teeth textured. <laughs> Just chewy teeth. But then they have give. Yeah. Chewy rainbow teeth. Yeah, chewy Skittles. Rainbow teeth. That's the slogan in Japan. <laughs> Skittles. I mean, they make weird enough commercials. That would be one of their commercials Chewy rainbow now. teeth? Hey, chewy rainbow teeth. I feel like we could sell that to them. Yeah. Okay, we were talking about 96. I'm a little bit more interested. So you got drunk when you were 13. First time. So your brain isn't even fully formed and you're telling and it I'm like, already, alcohol's great. Yeah, I'm already pickling it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and pickle it. Yeah. And then did you stay with it? <laughs> oh, consistently until I was uh, 29. So 13. 13. And then the back. it started with every weekend. We'd get 40s of OE. Get drunk on Friday and Saturday. Oh, by the way, oe.com slash weird. Yeah. <laughs> for, for 10% added to your bill, though. I'm sorry. It's, it's, just, it's a little bit more expensive. Um, okay, so you get 40s at the weekend. 40s. Yeah, 40s. You'd finish 40 ounces of, of beer malt or liquor. malt liquor. Yeah, and be fucked. What is malt liquor? Is it like beer? It, it's beer, but worse. Is it stronger beer? It's stronger, and it's cheaper. I, it's cheaper to make. Gross. Yeah, like I picture some guy that just raking it through yeah, a big yeah. barrel. Like, yeah. yeah, the old, the old English. His will glasses be ready. fall in, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll get new glasses." <laughs> You're drinking a forty. There's a lens in it. Yeah. I got a lens. <laughs> okay, so this is this is uh, concerning. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah, I just want you to know I'm here too. Yeah, and every then, weekend it started every weekend. Yeah, yeah, and then by my senior year, all my friends were one year older than me. All the guys on my block and Carrie, who lived across the street, so they were all like college age. So I was getting drunk with them towards my senior year on like school nights. Mm. But like it was that weird thing of like my parents grew up in a time where the drinking age was eighteen. Everybody had fake IDs. It's like you're Irish. That's what we do. Having a beer, it's no big deal. Everyone gets drunk. And then it just mm. kept snowballing and snowballing. College was real bad. Didn't make it through my first year. What do you mean? I was drinking so much that I was a terrible student. I would it, Later on, I would say to people, oh, I left because I was spending more money on a social life than an education. But I was just like, I'm also super dyslexic, so I wasn't prepared for college. Like, I got pushed through New York City public school. Mm. And so I just didn't know how to be a student when I showed up. Like you were undiagnosed dyslexic. No, no, I was diagnosed, but I just didn't use the tools and the assets in college. I just went there and I just wanted to be normal kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and if you want to be normal, it it seems like drinking, partying is the quickest way to look normal. Yeah. Now as a grown man, I'm like, 
no, no stop yeah, it. Yeah. But you're like, you just want to fit in. Yeah. And so I was drinking like, I would pregame and drink like six or seven beers or 12 beers before going to a keg party so I could be like- 12 beers? Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can get a $5 12 pack of like, I think it was like something ice, something shitty, shitty ice. Yeah. And I would just drink that in the dorm room and then go out and go to parties and- Drink it alone? Or like with like a roommate around, but yeah. I was never a guy who would start alone, but I'd end alone. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was one of those. Like so like so when I got sober, a lot of my like closest friends of the guys I grew up with were like, You, you're getting sober, but they wouldn't see that I would like go out, drink, do shows, get drunk with other comics, and then go to a bar near my house until six AM. Six AM? Yeah, man. A good old New York City lock in. Dude. N Y C L I? Yeah. You, oh, wow. Yeah, so, and and like- Just that, sitting at the corner of the bar? Yeah, or you, you know, you make friends with other bar flies, and you're like hanging out, and you make friends with a bartender. I remember there was this one bartender, I had like the biggest crush on her, and I remember getting drunk enough to get up the courage to ask her out, and she said yes, and sticking around long enough to fuck it up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But that was like my life. What were you drinking? Uh, mostly Paps because it was two dollars a can. Just drinking beer all yeah. night. Yeah. Well, when I was How in my pee-pees? when I was in my early twenties in <laughs> Chicago, a lot of peeing. When I was in my early twenties in Chicago, I almost drank myself to death with like hard liquor. Like I woke up in my bed in a suit covered in vomit. Oh no. Yeah, uh, the suit was just because the Strokes were popular at the time, not because I had like a job <laughs> where I needed to wear a suit. I was just like one of those guys who like didn't Rock know how to dress. Suit. Yeah. <laughs> And you woke up, so you almost you could have choked. Could have or... choked, died, and yeah. that scared the shit out of me. So I stopped doing hard liquor at like probably like I was probably like twenty three then. Okay, and then just was beer and wine until the wheels fell off. Yeah, the beer and wine. Whenever I see somebody that's like, I thought you quit drinking. Ah, just beer and wine. It's yeah, like, you're like ooh. ooh. Yeah, I joke sometimes when someone's like, ah, I had to take off a co-, like when someone's like, I took off thirty days. So it's like you should probably take off all of the days. Yeah. Like, that's what me, I did. Like, the first time I ever quit, I quit for 90 days. I always see those people that quit drinking for, like, sober three October. months. Yeah, sober October, and their, like, hair is growing back. Dude. And there's color in their eyes again, and, and then they're like, can't wait to go back! I'm like, like, talk about corporations that don't care about us, or talk about a social narrative that was sold to us that was like, this is what men do, this is how you fit in, this is how you have fun. Celebrate. This is how you celebrate, exactly. I remember so all the moments of my life, this is just how I am, a high moment I didn't want to drink because I was already high. Like, I already felt great. That's great. You know, <laughs> you said that like you were drunk right now. Yeah, that's that's great. great. Good for you. Man. Yeah. And when I was sad, I didn't want to drink because it just made it worse. But then I figured out, like the M&Ms and like the goldfish, that you could just like drink alone. Like, that solved everything for me because I didn't want to embarrass myself. So I'd just do it alone. Yeah. Which is not, what are you doing? Yeah. No, that's I, I, no fun. My friend Pat Walsh's voice, Petey, what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> I would always hear him say that. Come on. Uh, so, okay, I want to hear about how you got sober. You stopped liquor, then you were beer and wine, and then what? Uh, then I kind of was going and going and going, and then uh, there was like one of those Christmas Eves that I was like, I don't want to drink, but my wife at the time was like, me and our us and our friends are going to the bar, and like we went to the bar. I didn't like lay the base, you know. I didn't do the things of like planning for the drinking, the like eating the right, the, trying to control and manage, like eat the right stuff. And I was drinking a pitcher of beer, 
and everybody else had they were everyone else was sharing a pitcher of beer. I had my own pitcher of beer, and I was like lapping a group of people. <laughs> and um, wow. then bar shut. I invite everyone. We get beers at the bodega. Invite everyone up to my house. The next day is Christmas morning. I got to take a fucking express bus from new york city to staten island where my family is Mm. me and my ex are fighting the whole time we get on the bus the heat's on on the bus it's like eight million degrees i thought the cops were chasing yeah the the, the heat's on we gotta get out of here (laughs) they know i'm hungover (laughs) and i'm just fucking surfing the bus from staten island because every seat's taken it's like 110 on the bus winter jackets trying not to throw up on these people finally get off the bus my dad's there to pick us up he's pissed because i think we were like a little late so then we get there and i'm like hey i gotta borrow the keys i gotta run to cvs i I need to grab something which was my family's christmas gifts you know what i mean like nothing says rock bottom like buying your mama chili's gift card for christmas dude at the checkout at the checkout just that chili yeah (laughs) and then chili yeah Yeah, and then throwing up in a cvs parking lot you threw up yeah you made it through the bus yeah by the way this is my nightmare i hate every part of it was mine too yeah and then hung i had then i was so hungover had the shakes and then i was in my cousin's basement and giant irish catholic family like fuck i don't know like 50 cousins upstairs aunts uncles everyone's having a good time i'm in the basement with like the shakes and it was that moment of like this isn't the life i wanted for myself Mm. and it was that like moment of clarity Mm. and i was like this it was like you know it was just that moment where i was like all right and then i was like i'm gonna take a break and then it was like 15 days into one of those breaks i was like all right this i'm gonna keep with it and then i kind of hit an emotional bottom Hmm a little bit later like a spiritual one and then what what was that i just felt like empty you know what i mean like i knew that i wanted something more for my life i didn't know what it was i just didn't feel like a whole person Mm. like i felt like i had like dreams and like a a new kind of knew who i was but i wasn't living who i wanted to be i think dan saint germain had a joke about how alcohol stops you from reaching REM sleep, which is where you dream. And he's like, so I am literally drinking away my dreams. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I barely yeah. remember my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people don't, but especially if you're drinking, I think you have to wake up to pee because it won't stay in your system long yeah. enough. And that's, that's exactly the rhythm. So people, I always like sharing that fact. It's not a fun fact. It's an no. unfun fact. But people that are like, I have a glass of wine. It helps me sleep. I'm like, probably not. It actually doesn't really help me sleep. Yeah. It helps you fall asleep. Helps you fall asleep. Yeah. 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 And then I like. What knew, did you do? Yeah. Knew a dude who was in a 12 step program and started, got involved in 12 step stuff. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Katie's dimming the lights for us. It's flicking. Yeah. You can turn it off. Yeah, there's a nice dim. There's a yeah. nice dim. So you went into the program. Yeah, Good I do. For you. Uh, yeah, so I got into twelve step stuff and been doing that for nine years. You go to meetings still and all that. Yeah, yeah. I know you're not supposed to like represent the group, but like I, I'm I mean, curious. I'm in about... a twelve step program. I don't say yeah. what kind of twelve step yeah, I do. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, is it the M M&M and M one? Or is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's where it was before this. I walked over from that. Oh, here. really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And how long have you been Sobe Noodles? Nine years. December 25th, 2012. It's helpful to have. See, I quit drinking. I, I didn't go through the program. I'm, I'm always like, maybe I should. I don't know. But like. You got my phone number. <laughs> Jay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, M&M's again. Yeah. <laughs> There's programs for all kinds of stuff. Yeah, no, I know. That might be my one because booze. 
I have that black and white mindset, which is what addicts have. Yeah. It's like, if it's good, then do it. If it and then I haven't vilified it in my mind, Yeah, which is what my dad did. He said to me, because he quit drinking, he was like, I really do have to think of it as evil. And yeah. I was like, all right, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it takes. Uh, I, I didn't do that, but I do have that black and white thing. I forget where I was going with that. Oh, but with with uh, with food, you have to have some. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's hard. You, you know, you don't have to have one shot of whiskey. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think about OA stuff every once in a while. I'm just like, it, how? Where is my relationship at with food? Because yeah. even from a child, before I was able to drink, I w- could disassociate with like a box of Cheez Its and some Batman. I didn't even know that that's what I was doing, but my family dinners were so tense, and I realized. I, somebody explained to me that if the blood is in your head, you can think better. But if it's in your stomach, you actually think less. Like it's just less blood flow to your brain. It's all going to your stomach to digest. I don't know if that's true, but in my experience, that is true. Like if yeah. you have a really full stomach, you're not. It's sure. not easy to like obsess about things as much. So you're just kind of like, Meh. like why do we eat at night? Yeah, you ever think about that? Yeah, like, what are we doing eating at nine o'clock when I go to bed at ten thirty? Trying it's to like, turn that brain off. Trying maybe. to turn the brain off and trying to like feel heavy. Yeah, it's like the blanket you pull up on the inside. Yeah, yeah. but like you don't you don't need it. No, it's gonna make like the glass of wine. It's gonna make sleep worse. Yeah, your body's working more. Our poor bodies. I know. Valsa, right? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. If you think of your your own body, Val told me this. She's like, if you think of your own body as a child that you're taking care of. It's weird. Like I would never overfeed Leela. No. Like I would never like keep feeding her. Yeah, goldfish. you even saying that made me it's like so, go like, don't do that. Yeah, it's disgusting. But like I'll do it to myself. Yeah. But what's the difference? You know it's funny. I mean, there's I, a big difference. But. Yeah. I it's funny as an adult, I feel like it's also part of the thing of like if you grow up in a certain kind of household, like you're modeling what you see with food. And then you just never learn like this is how much you should eat. Yeah. You can go out and do that research, and I should, but like, <laughs> there is no like, I always think all the time, like, you see a documentary on veganism, and it's like, that sounds great, but it's always like a documentary on it. it, it everyone should come with a food plan. Yeah. Cause you're like telling people what to do, but you're not telling them how to do. Yeah. I think that's a really valid criticism. Yeah. I always tell people when they go vegan that they should, they, they need to watch their fat intake, they probably need to eat more fat than they're used to oh. because if you stop eating steak yeah and you just start eating like salad and tofu like you're gonna want to put some olive oil on that salad like maybe even a little bit more than you used to because you're not getting the fat that you used to get and fat helps you feel full and all that sort of stuff oh. Here's a little pro tip i just learned something i mean this is such a snooze fest but like if you're going vegan like avocados are a really good friend who doesn't love an avocado well who who didn't know that you should eat like feel free to eat as many as you want if you're going from eating buckets of fried chicken to eating plants go ahead and have as many fucking avocados as you want also because you're gonna be hungry they say avocado only food that is like the if you could only have one piece of food on like a desert island you could just live off of avocado really that's what they say who big avocado <laughs> who said that big daddy Haas? Uh, i saw it on an instagram ad for oh. avocado no 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 no. <laughs> super fun so tell me we, we were talking about productivity which is very interesting to me i'm interested that you write every day like you sit down and write. yeah yeah I, I mean i most of the work gets done on stage but like the cultivating of the ideas having like those one or two or three like little bullet lines for inside of a joke that mm. you feel like you got that net to get that first pop and the out. Mm. And then in inside you can dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. 
but you you're disciplined enough to like sit down and do it at certain periods of my life right now i'm in a good period like during when i was crashing with my parents like uh hbo crashing uh, <laughs> with my parents uh they like leading a new up, series crashing yeah with my parents uh and so leading up to that period, I was like writing a lot because I had a lot going on in my life and running up to the special. Yeah, and then now, then I didn't really. I wrote a couple of bits between now and when it came out, but it was only like a month ago that I felt like I had the juice to start doing it again. Mm. Very interesting. I, I, I I'm just inspired by that. There's so so much of my life is going like, what what would it take to like? I'm always in search of a why. Yeah, uh, I think like what like we should write, we should work on that movie idea, we should do this. But like sometimes you struggle to get that why. And then the other thing, I need a good why uh, I'm doing anything. And then I need a good flow state. Like I need to be in a rhythm of just kind of doing things and and getting positive feedback and seeing results and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then I I start everything benefits when I'm in that flow. And right now it's not it's not perfect because like we're waiting to hear if we get a second season i if when we get the second season i'll get back in that flow like i'll be like i'll have this big thing coming and then i'll be more urgently working on the other things that have nothing to do with it yeah but it's informed by the fact that you have this thing going. you know what i mean it's momentum yeah because you're like we're gonna start back on this date so if i want to write new stand-up i only have That's until right. this date as opposed to, to like you have all summer yeah, and you're like, well, I can't do anything. Yeah, now. yeah. It's that great Gaffigan joke. I quote it all the time. He's like, you ever have a Saturday where you have so many things to do, you just do none of them? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's so much of my life. Yeah, is trying to find the motivation to do anything. Yeah, sometimes I'll use other like I don't want to do laundry, and I'll use that to write. I don't want to do laundry, so, so I'll I'm write, write so I don't do the laundry. Oh, I've never even considered that. Yeah, I'd do the reverse just... where you're still getting something out of the avoiding. There you go. Yeah. All right. Katie is you can turn it off too. There's a little switch underneath it. We've gone full lights off. Now we're pot we're pot in the dark. Well give give me the I'm interested in what happens when two people that think the other is great and you were together for seven years. What, what was it that like was irreconcilable? I mean I ju- I think we both kind of like realized that the way we were wired was never gonna like the speeds in which we ran weren't going to ever... Um, and what did that look like? Did one of you literally want to go on Literally, it was pipes? just like walking. <laughs> literally, she would walk ahead of me. And, and like, because she was just like, she was like, I got to go. I got to get through life. She once said to me, um, I don't think she would mind me sharing this, but she saw her life as uh, like climbing up a hill, mm. like a mountain, like she was trying to get up to the top of a mountain. And I view my life as like, we're taking a walk around a reservoir. We're like trying to have a nice walk and enjoy each other and look at things. Oh, wow. And I think we that if you boil it down, it's like we got along so great, enjoyed so much stuff, but because we ran at those two different speeds, the speed that I ran at just kind of... It's like say no more. I completely yeah. understand. And yeah. that could be your favorite person, but you're just kind of like, that's a different speed. Yeah. Speed is the perfect word. Yeah. And we still see each other. She still cuts my hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was also a huge fan of this podcast. Oh, wow. Before we met, because she's an ex Christian person. Mm. Or I, I don't know if she would say ex. She's like, she, yeah, she's ex evangelical, still has a relationship. I but see. like, I, when we first started dating, I knew about Rob Bell because of this podcast, and I got her Zimzum as like a gift. Oh, wow. When we were dating like three or four weeks. And oh, like, wow. Yeah. Oh. 
All right, there we are. That's the ninety-minute line. Yeah, I asked for a ninety-minute line. Yeah, I was. Just, it's actually perfect because I was just going to say, okay, so she was an evangelical. What is your flavor of uh, Christ? <laughs> which Christ do you love? Uh, no, like what? What do you? Where are you at now? I know you were Catholic. Yeah, uh, I have a higher power of my own understanding. Ah, there you go. Uh, which is like fluid. I'm not like uh, I do. Like I know that I'm not God. And that's enough. And I know that there's something out there that's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, I hit my knees every day and I pray. I don't know what to. I kind of like the like God, good, orderly direction kind of mm. version. I've or never like, heard that. Oh, I love that one. Good, orderly direction. Yeah. Like you're trying to have a God in your life. Yeah. Or like order. think of like what's the higher self that a higher power would want you to be and then walk in the direction of that. Mm. Wow. I've never heard that. Yeah. What a valuable thing to share. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be belonging it, to any religion. Yeah, it's not. It's not Sky Daddy. Sky Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I someone once someone said this recently. I heard somebody say the thing of like, if you're having trouble with God, think of God like the word Kleenex, like it's a brand. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's like there's lots of different facial th- tissues. Yeah, facial tissues, <laughs> and that's how I think about higher power. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like. I can take a little from this one. I can take a little from that one. Sure. And it's like, whatever I want it to be, I just know I'm not it. Right. Whatever serves you. Yeah. But the idea that there's a longing or there's a better J.F. Harris, like a potential. Yeah. And lean towards that. Yeah. And and like have goals, have intentions, shoot for them, but know that whatever you want for your life isn't going to happen and just enjoy the ride. Like enjoy get the in, walk around the reservoir. Enjoy the walk around the reservoir. Yeah, right. get in the. Sh- I, I like to think of it as like it's like a river. Like you can try to fight a river, mm-hmm. or you can just get in it and let it take you where it's going to take you, and mm-hmm. like try to like do your best to like avoid the rocks, steer yourself around. But it most things are outside of your control. Right. Go. I, it sounds so stupid because it's something that you'd put on a surfboard. But like, go with the flow. Go like, with the flow. It's like you're in a river. Yeah. And you can, tr- do you trust the river? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I trust God, the river. Uh, what, what's, what's the saying? God didn't take me, out, pull me out of the ocean so I could drown on the shore? Oh, I've never heard that either. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, one of my affirmations every morning is I write, I trust reality, but I capitalize R in reality. And, and I trust myself. Yeah. Um, but I don't mean, I mean, I mean you've probably heard me talk this way a million times. I, tr- I trust awareness itself. If, if like what you are, even though you're not, Sky Daddy. I don't think I'm in charge either. I'm saying there's a little drop of the ocean, the ocean being God in me, and that is my true, truest identity. Yeah. I can trust that whatever happens is okay because at the end of the day, that's who I really am. And this isn't a mistake, if that, yeah, sound, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But like, this is not a mistake, is like a really powerful way to go through life. Um, yeah. As opposed to this is a mistake. I mean, like, I don't even like saying. That. Yeah, no, like a nihilist way. Yeah, yeah like nihilist, people often yeah. be like, what do you think the meaning of life is? And it's like we, that we get to have it and do it. Yeah. That's the joy of, you know, like it's not about figuring it out. It's about enjoying it and being with each other, right? It's like Alan Watts has that great uh, comparison where he's like, it's like a piece of music. Your life is like a piece of music. And it's not about the, nobody listens to a piece of music and goes, it's all about that last note. It's, yeah. it's like, it's the whole thing. It's the collage. It's not getting to the final, dun, da, da. It's about enjoying every note. And when you live that way, your life's miserable. 
Waiting for the final note. Waiting for the thing. Waiting for the big thing. Like I remember waiting, trying to get on Conan or waiting to mm-hmm. try to get the, like when you're living your life, just trying to achieve certain things and goals like that. And everything's towards that moment. You get to that moment and then you realize it's not going to change your life. It's not what you thought it is. It's not inside cash and prizes. That's right. all external stuff. Right. What are your inside cash and prize? I love that expression. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to um, forget that one. You know, I, I, it, it, it disappears, you know, it ebbs and flows. But I think I'm like, honestly, I think I'm just a happier person now than I've been ever in my life. And I'm able to like be more comfortable in myself. You know, I still get, you know, moments of fear and like lots of like an anxiety or sometimes I see myself like reaching for stuff for career, you know, but I now I just know how to like pause and like take a moment and like like you were saying like with with the dad text you like learn like what's actually going on with me mm. i'm singing this song i kind of have that now like i i i'm more i'm not always present but i'm more present now in my life than i've ever been before and to mm. me that's the big that's another one of those like god things like to me god is just being able to be present with yourself right that's why we meditate it's why we like do work it's just so you can sit with yourself right um I, I th- did I learn about Ryan Holiday from you? Maybe. I, I love that guy's books. Yeah. But like one of them, I think it's stillness is the key. Mm. In the beginning of the book opens with that quote of most of man's problems would be solved if they could sit in a room by themselves. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know who the quote is, but I really think that's like. I think it was 50 Cent, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get rich or die trying. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you're absolutely right. It is, is you're, we're so incapable of being quiet. But when we clear out those cobwebs those impediments yeah you you see that it is all right here and i used to i used to feel that way when i when i used to get on planes i used to go i hope it doesn't crash right uh like as a joke yeah and now i go i'm grateful for the eternal present meaning it's already here like yeah don't even wait for the plane to land just be on the plane yeah or just be here with you talking and the more we clean up our acts the easier it is to be present. Yeah. That's what we're back at the beginning of the conversation. It's like, if you are intolerable to yourself, you don't want to be present. You know, you need to like clean up the space. Yeah. Inside yeah. Before, and then, then you can start to see what it's like. Like if you can forgive yourself, if you can love yourself, like with me in the email, okay, Pete, you, you might've been a little bit of an asshole. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like in 10 years, are you going to like, just yeah. And also let you it go. Kept, kept your side of the street clean. You like went in, you apologize. There you go. That's an AA thing, right? Uh, it's a 12 step thing. 12 step yeah. thing. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, you're cool. But like, um, but yes, a 12 step thing. I, I can do what I can do. Yeah. I mean, it was not four minutes later I wrote the second email. Yeah, like, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> Not it, bad. It, it doesn't have, you know, it's when you wrote it. Exactly. You know? But keeping your side, doing what you can do. Yeah. But the biggest thing I, I've, I've learned to do is to, is to just be like, it's okay. So um, Robert Greene, speaking of Ryan Holiday, so Robert Greene is R- Ryan's mentor. Yeah, 48 Laws of Power. Exactly, which is so absurd uh, that that's what he's known for because he's one of the meekest, gentlest people I've ever yeah. had on the couch. Um, but he was like, I'll never forget it. He was like, when people do things like Will Smith slap, for example, the way we talk about it is that, like that wasn't me. Something came over me, and he and he was just encouraging me and everybody to just be like, no, that was me. That was a part of me. Yeah. And there's something really beautiful in going like, there's parts of me that I'm not crazy about. Yeah. Or that aren't very nice or not yeah. very acceptable. And fear the, and anger, it's able to lose. You're able to lose control of those things. And it, by the way, that's that's what it was. Is I was feeling like I had to 
get this thing ready and I couldn't get it ready and then I thought this person was helping me and then they were like I can't help you and I was like well now I won't get it ready and then it like comes out by the way if I told you what I wrote you would be like I can't believe this is what you're obsessing about <laughs> it was like 0.01% snarky yeah but, but I know that email of like somebody says that like okay I think we can do this club weekend so you say no to another weekend of work mm-hmm. and then you're then they're like oh it's actually not gonna work out and you're like well I turned down other work for this yeah that's right like and they, they don't. don't they that. don't need to know that. And, and they didn't know that. Yeah. But we'll put those. We'll string those beads together. Yeah. Be like, you knew. Yeah. And then you're like, what? You're actually kind of. For me, I go back to junior high, and I'm 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 exiled again. Like I'm exiled from the friends. Oh, dude, that's that's always a horrible feeling. Yeah. Of like feeling like, oh, they don't want me as part of their group. And that's what it feels like. And that can still pop. Yeah. And when you're in your like late 30s and 40s and you're still getting hit with that sometimes, it, it feels yeah. like extra. It's like, why should I feel like this? I'm an adult. Why do I still care um, about what group think? Paging Val. Val always says it's, it's Tara Brock, I think, but it's not the feeling. It's the shame. Yeah. It's the shame that you have the feeling. Yeah. It makes the feeling worse. Yeah. But if we could just be like, I'm having a human experience and sometimes yeah. we're embarrassed and that's okay. Like that, that's a much better space to be. So do you think death is the end um i don't know uh i will i'll say this in like the quantum physics sense of it all i think if you break us all enough down on a small enough level we're all atoms i think our energy will go somewhere else yeah right so i don't think it's the it might be the end of my consciousness which is the part that used to like freak me out and give me panic attacks as a kid Mm -hmm. but i like that um tick not han thing of like it's the rain, the, the rain, uh, the cloud turns clouds into the rain. Yeah, clouds don't die. Rain turns into the rain. The sun heats it up, becomes a cloud again. I think yeah. it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. And there is, I always say to me, it's both. It's like the, and I'm not even sure of this. Of course, how could I be? The, the story of Pete might end, but like what I really am doesn't end. Yeah. But that'll never be satisfying to the Pete. Pete will be like, but I want to keep going. Yeah. But I actually find there's comfort in dropping Pete and being kind of like, that's okay. That was never what I was anyway. Those were the clothes I put on the thing that I really am. And it's okay to take those clothes off as you die. Yeah. That's it's, you know, getting a break, getting a break. Yeah. There's a Simpsons thing where Homer goes, uh, he's like, we'll be with the kids, then they'll move out and then they go to college and then I retire. And then the peace of the grave. (laughs) And I always think of peace of the grave. I'm like, there is a piece to it. It's like, that's enough of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes you meet some older people and they're like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. It's like, you, you know that Avett Brothers song, No Hard Feelings? Yeah, of course. It's one of the most beautiful songs in the world. If people listening at home have never heard of it, put it on after this. I love that song because it makes me feel comfortable about dying. Yeah. Like, it's that like... It's one of the most beautiful songs ever, ever written. written. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Boy, I love that song. Yeah. And I think there's a there's a comparison to like becoming rain becoming like a mountain yeah yeah yes dispersing yeah it's what a great song can't listen to it without crying have you ever almost died uh yes i was doing a road gig when i was like really early on i would take these gigs like opening for other comics at colleges because they had a car so i could drive them Uh uh-huh and it started snowing like a crazy flash snow thing we lost control of the car and it like spun around who with uh this dude rob i don't remember his last name and like we spun out, he, I don't think he does it anymore. And we spun out and I hit the barricade, 
but it was like one of those wire ones. And if it wasn't there, we would have like flipped right over and went down off a giant mountain. Oh God. Like it was like a giant, like, like 80, hundred foot drop of like death. Oh my God. Yeah. Where? New Upstate York? New York. Yeah. And like then what going did you to do, do some college games. You like took they a moment like, to gather yourself. And yeah. Then... And then just slowly drove there the rest of the way. And did the show? And had to do the show. And was it a great show? Because you're like, oh my God, I'm alive. No. <laughs> it was a college show. So it was like kids that were just like, I guess we're at this. Was it Rob O'Reilly? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Nailed it. Nice job. I like Rob. Yeah. I think he does it. Does he? Oh, I haven't seen him in years. Maybe he still does. I think he might be in Cleveland. Oh, wow. I don't know why I'm thinking that. I know he texted me when I was in Cleveland. And isn't that just how the human brain yeah. works? So I think he's in Cleveland. Yeah. He's not. Uh, fan- well, that's that's a great answer. Ever see a ghost? Uh, no, but oh. I'd be open to seeing one. All right, bring it out, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> no screaming. They don't like screaming. That's uh, why they don't show up. Because they hate screaming. <laughs> you didn't know that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but I... Anything you couldn't explain? A psychic, a UFO? Oh, I've seen a, like, not a psychic, but like a medium dude mm. who this, uh, he's in... So like not big, not small. No, yeah, he's a medium. <laughs> uh, he, actually, he's a large, he's a frolic dude. He's this like lovable, um, just dude out in Chicago. Um, and uh, he, he... Like I met him through my uh, ex when I was going through my divorce and like went and saw this dude and I showed up and he opened the door and the first thing he said to me was like, what happened with SNL? And he was like, we'll get into it. And then like, we'd never met before. We had never talked before. He had no way of like finding out stuff about You do me. sort of have what happened with SNL face. So. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, what happened with SNL? Yeah, yeah, SNL? yeah. And then like came in and like he talked all about my divorce and what I was going through at the time. Before you told him anything. Didn't tell him anything. And you like write down questions you want to ask him and you put it in under y- your leg and then talk about the thing. And in the end, you open it up and he's like, yep, we got to that. We got to that. We got to that. Shut the it was fuck. like one of the craziest things. And then he was like, okay, and now you should just like not talk to anybody, kind of decompress on it for a while and go for like this, like go for like a walk. And it was in Chicago and it had just snowed. So the lake was kind of frozen over. And I kind of like went through this like walk over the tundra of frozen where they like roll up into ice balls. And like, mm. it felt like this giant metaphor for my marriage and what happened to me. Like I lost my scarf at one point. I saw it, went back, found it. It felt like the finding of myself again. And like, Whoa. it was this crazy. And then eventually I just found myself on this like path again. And he, a lot of what he was talking about was like finding my way back to my path and when things will happen for me. Whoa. Yeah. My mom has also gone and seen uh, people like that a couple of times. And they always tell her at like 39, 40 is when things are going to happen for me in my career. Really? And you're yeah. 39? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's always that funny thing of like, is it about to happen now? But also at the same time, it's like not up to Walk me. on the reservoir. Yeah. A lot of great things from this episode. Walk around the reservoir. What was God again? Good orderly direction. Good orderly direction. Lots of, lots of hits. I love it. What about the... First of all, can you still see that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Chicago guy? Yeah, he comes out here once in a while, too. I've done a couple of readings with him out oh, here. Oh, I want to go see him. Yeah. I'll, I'll, You're I'll giving me info. his info? Yeah. Do you want to see if my dad texted me back? Yeah. You know what I realized when I texted my dad? I was I was conceding. I was like, we can keep being what we've been. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like we can keep playing the roles we play. Yeah. Because I had sent him a text that was very much in the voice of my child self. A hundred percent. So it's this concession. It's like, hey, I kind of tried joking around with you as a grown up, but um, now I'll just be a little boy again. And I'm like, hi, Pop. Wow. Hi, Pop. I love you, Pop. And uh, he hasn't replied. Here's your special. <laughs> it's on my phone. <laughs> nice. Maybe, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's in the shower. Yep. Maybe he's Moshe Cashin <laughs> right now. Maybe him and Moshe are in the shower together. Well, my right dad now. might be like in a hole in the ground, like digging out an oil tank. Oh. Like, there's very, very he's still chance. working. He he actually doesn't do the the physical labor anymore, but he would be there drinking a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, baby. Hey. Having a Corolla. I, I don't. God, I don't know if my dad would still be alive if he ate like that. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe he eats donuts. He eats donuts. I think he eats donuts. Yeah. I bet he's a chocolate glazed guy. See, we don't, we don't know. I got to ask him. Yeah. Got to take him to Billy Joel. Yeah. When I went and went pee I was like, I almost said to Val, I was like, let's see who's at the bowl because my parents are about to be here. Oh, great. And, but uh, forget me. What a good son. Good son. Yeah. I'm trying, you know. He but that's to, great. He had, to, that's shit I wouldn't have done, like showing up to Christmas with no gifts. Yeah. Like I'm trying to live my life in a different way now. Like I'm flying. I f- he had to have like a heart thing, surgery thing. Like mm. they put a stint in, so I like flew home to be there with them for that. You know, you just try mm. to mm-hmm. do that now. And like I got to live with them for a while. I definitely feel like I got closer to them. And they're getting older. They're in their like sixties, and yeah, I'm not gonna have them forever. So I wa- I'm grateful for that time that I got yeah. to spend with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I my mind went to me threatening to kill your parents. I don't know. That was like I was like, well, yeah, you should because I'm on it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. That's what a weird joke to make. No, I but think we're it's comics. Fun. We're okay. See, you're gonna make eighty. Yeah. <laughs> um, you speaking of saying nice things to each other in the email, you said there was a memory you had of us. Did we already get to yeah, it? Yeah, that was the improv thing. I wasn't sure if you would have remembered that. Remembered me from then D- doing the improv. Doing the improv. But then you were like, and, and a nice thing. It's a nice thing. The the memory oh, of like how we met. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. I, I love it. I love it. Well, then let's do the final question, which is: Can you tell me a time in your life where you laughed really, 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 really hard? And I always say it doesn't have to be a good story, but if you're like crying with laughter, yeah, you just had forty ounces of malt liquor. Forty ounces of malt liquor. But no, what, what um, comes to mind? So I, when I was living in New York, uh, doing stand up, I lived in this apartment in Astoria, Queens. A uh, very comic-heavy neighborhood, and I lived in an apartment with two other comics, Greg Stone and Anthony DeVito, and Greg's girlfriend Tita, who's now his wife. I know Anthony. I, I don't know if I know Greg Stone. Uh, they have a podcast together, the Rad Dude Cast. Okay, and then that out. the apartment below us was uh, three other comics: uh, Andrew Short, Reed Filler, and Dave Wait. I think Reed and Andrew stopped doing it, but Dave's still a comedian. He's around LA. He's a big road dog. And he's one of the funniest human beings. Like, you know, when someone's like, he is like the dude where he is the perfect best friend on a sitcom. Mm. Like, he's just that guy. He's like, <laughs> but Southern, in real life. he's like Southern and he's like, oh yeah, man, boobs. I love him. Can't wait. You know, he's like <laughs> that guy. He's just like, <laughs> boobs, love him. Yeah. And he's so funny and he's like, ah, you know, what do you got to do, buddy? And he he's like the kind of dude who would wear jean cutoff shorts. You know what I mean? I'm picturing a young, funny McConaughey. Yes, but also like, dude, boobs. Love yeah, him. yeah, but like he's, but he's also like kind of got like a white trashy thing to him. You yeah, know, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I think McConaughey's so hot that you don't. Think no, of I him understand. As white trash, but I could see him eating a Frito pie. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's his PR though. 
And so we were having a 4th of July barbecue and there was like a party with like so many comedians, everyone's hanging out back and there's like a, like a eighties hair metal kind of song on the radio and someone goes to throw Dave a beer and he misses it and it pops, but it doesn't pop so much that it just explodes. It's just lightly misting like a mist machine. And Dave starts dancing in it in this slow and methodical way, like a sexy woman while the beer blows all over him. Oh my God. And everyone lost it. Cause also who he is to go with that. Yes. Everyone lost it in a way where it was like, I don't know if I've ever laughed at anything that hard in my life. Wow. Where it was just, di- you're just dying. You set him up perfectly with dude boobs love him, can't wait. Yeah. That's like six words. Yeah. <laughs> and you perfect. And that helped me understand yeah. why this is the guy I want to see misted by beer. Oh my God. Perfect. Yeah. Great answer. Love it. All right. So the name of the special. People make mistakes. Yeah, but what's... <laughs> J- I, I found it. You just type in J.F. Harrison to YouTube. It's the first thing. Yeah, it's great. It's a great, well-produced special. Thank and it's you. really, it, really funny. Did it all myself. Did you really? Well, not myself, but me and like a team full of friends. Well, it's yeah. amazing. It's really, really funny. Yeah. Laugh out loud funny. Thank you. And we'll play a clip at the, at the opening, so I'll, I'll ask you what that is and for that psychic in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, thanks so much for doing this, man. Dude, this is a blast. It finally happened. Yeah. I'm so glad. Me too. Oh, and, and Val said, who's doing the podcast? I was like, it's a guy named J.F. Harrison. She was like, who's that? And I was like, you know, I just want you to know the comment. I was like, he's a really funny guy and he's just a good guy and he's really hardworking. Like that oh, was thanks. one of the things that came to mind. Thanks, man. And I that was means like, a lot. I was like, those are the kind of people you want to shine the light on. It's like you're working for it. Thanks, man. And I, 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 I mean, it's already happening, but I believe in you. It's going to be great. Thanks, dude. 39. I appreciate it. Yeah, the year. All right. Well, so would you say keep it crispy? and we'll Keep it. Crispy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit part of that one. Yeah, keep under, it crispy. Nope, I was under that one too. We got to do it clean. <laughs> no, no, that's keep it. Keep it crispy. No, that's it. So-